here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to the Voice Wrestling Podcast. I'm Rich Grace alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, how are you? How come I never get to open the show? Do you want to? How come, it, how come it's always the same the same gimmick? Like, you, you do that little introduction, yeah. and then you say, how are you? And then I have to make up, like, an answer. Well, then, here, I, I'm done. I'm you like, restarted. Like, how come How come it can't ever be in reverse? How come? I, I Hey. How come I can't you, do that part? Yes, all women or something. I don't know. How, it, we'll relate that somehow to you. Yeah, you're, you're right, Joe. You are. Yes, all women. How are you working at it? You getting this? I don't know. I'm just saying. I just want diversity. Yeah, I just, you are know, you, you, everybody should get equal opportunities. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you, Joe. Are you getting us in so, trouble in the first 30 seconds? Right? I am. Yeah, just I thought, get out of the way now, right? Might as well. You're going to do something later, so it's fine. But no, yeah, the, the, I feel free. I'm, I'm here. I'll, I'll stop. We can take a quick pause and you can just kick but, it off. Uh, like but hold normal. on. Let, let's, let, let, let me try it. Okay. okay. Ready? ready? This, this is how I would do it, right? Okay. All right, welcome back again to the uh, Voice of Wrestling podcast. I'm your host Joe Lanza, and you know Rich is here too. How's that? What's up? Not bad. Not bad. I mean, how do you you didn't you didn't, now you, you've prompted? I how am I prompted to talk now though? Well, I mean, you know, I, let's face it, they're here to hear me anyway. It's so, true. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So you know, I, you know, you you can kind of just just be there and 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 contribute uh-huh. when I when I address you. I mean, we can do it that route. That's fair. Well, but, let's do that. Uh, yeah. But but see, in all seriousness, why do you always get to do the introduction? It's, I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of happens. I mean, you know, I don't mean to do it. And you know, I don't do it on purpose for any reason. Well, it but... was big time in me, man. I, I would like to do the introduction now. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. You know? I didn't know. Well, now I know. You, know, you could have told me, you know, and, and privately, but I guess this is the best time to do it. Yeah. No, no. There, there's nothing hidden from the listener here. I, I I understand why I always get buried. I don't get to do the okay, introduction. Okay. That's fine. I, w- I would like to do an introduction. I've done shows well, without you and done the introduction. It was you the have. introduction was just fine. I I listen. I think next time, 
I should do the introduction. I think you should also edit the show too. No, you can keep and put it up see, on the website. No, 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 no. no. I want you, Joe. I want you to have the full experience that I that of you know editing it, putting it in level later, you know, making sure everything's tight, getting the post up, and doing all that. I I, I want you to do that, Joe. It's a part. It's a vital part of of running the show here. Listen, you do a fine job editing. <laughs> all I want to do is introduce the show now and then. I'm, okay, I, I think, don't think I'm we'll, asking too much. You're not. You're not. But you do a great job editing the show. You do a fine job <laughs> doing the posting the show. I wouldn't even know how to post the show. In fact, the one time I recorded the show on my own, I I, I called my own phone to record the show. <laughs> I remember I had to hear that. Yeah. I, you sent me the file and it was you being like, uh think this is good like and i I had no idea whether i called my own phone like i i was basically my own guest that's yes it was figure out how to record my own voice so (laughs) if i try to uh produce the show on my own that's just it's gonna i got you well no i i I had no idea this this bothered you so much i i am fine with you doing the intro i don't i don't care to do the intro i don't doesn't matter to me i just you know maybe it hurts my feelings and i don't ever oh well now i'm glad i know i'm glad you've told me this you know a little communication here. I, I maybe I like. <laughs> we don't have a good relationship, Joe. We don't communicate because <laughs> we really don't. We just get on the area. There, and this is, this there is, is a do. stunning lack of communication. <laughs> if, if people only knew the stunning lack of communication, the only time there's any communication around here is when there's fights and arguments about the match of the month. Uh, Correct. Which which never goes smoothly, and I to hate. <laughs> That's the only thing that ever gets communicated about uh, around here. Um, but, yeah, maybe – listen, next time I want to do the introduction. Okay. And maybe I can give it my own little Joe Lanza flair. Yeah, I, you have to be different than me. Yeah, don't do not do what I do. Yeah. Don't, like, Semper Vivi it when, you know, he's, he, when Semper Vivi on, on Wrestling Observer is filling in for Brian Alvarez. He does the same intro. I was like, no, no, no. Have your own little personality. Yeah, how's it going, everybody? Yeah, don't – no, no, no. No, I don't want to hear that from everybody. You're right. You should do something different. Maybe Semper Vivi at least knows what's going on in wrestling, though. Unlike <laughs> Alvarez, who's completely lost. And you got this guy talking on 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 uh, last night's show about um, you know why can't Ricochet work in Dragon Gate Japan since he works in Dragon Gate USA? Right, Brian, Brian. Like a WrestleMania weekend. I mean, Ricochet was synonymous with with, with DGUSA. So yeah, I mean, Brian, Brian, you're not you're not <laughs> listening to this, but Brian, let me get, listen. You you get you make a lot of money to cover pro wrestling. You have to know that Dragon Gate USA hasn't run a show in two years. You have to know that, Brian. I'm sorry. I, look, I like the guy. I enjoy him. I think he's very entertaining. Brian Alvarez is lost. It's 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 scary how lost this man is. He's basically just there. You know he he's basically just there to get Dave's voice onto a recording. He's like me. He's basically he's, me. He's phoning it in so that you can get the the star. To you know, I, I yeah, right, right. Right. It's, it's exactly like that, me. Look, that bit, that bit is over, okay? You oh, I'm to, sorry. Oh, I didn't know. You don't have to grind me bad. into the ground and make me feel bad here, okay? That that bit, that bit is over. We're done with that bit. Oh, okay. Now we're bashing Brian Alvarez. Um, so it's Brian Alvarez bashing time, because that was very awkward to listen to. I don't know if you listened to it. No, wh- which interview was that in particular? Was, I, I, don't, I, I didn't know what's going on. It was him and Dave, and they were talking about uh, Ricochet, and and uh, they were. You know, opining on whether Ricochet could work in drag. Was that this morning's show? I don't. I don't know if I listened to this morning's I show. The, no, I, I didn't. Know, I, didn't. I don't know the date on it. But they were opining on whether Ricochet 
could continue could you know why hasn't he been working in drag <laughs> japan yeah and 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 alvarez his hypothesis to make a long story short was, well, he works for Dragon Gate USA. I don't see why he can't work right. for Dragon Gate in Japan. Which Now, mind you, like two weeks ago, he had an interview with Gabe Sapolsky. I, I feel like you would know that. I mean, I, I, yeah, this is the same Brian Alvarez <laughs> who referred to Aita as E-I-T-A. <laughs> That's a better name, let's be honest. I mean, can, can I mean you cover? Can you at least? Maybe he's the same guy who voted him as uh, best high flyer as well Look, <laughs> in the Observer Awards when he we, we all, when Ada always gets like <laughs> we thirty votes, and it's like, I, have you ever seen a match of his, or do you just assume Dragon Gate Flyer? Yeah, that like, one like reverse moonsault to the outside of the ring. Like he he's not a big time flyer. He does some flying, but he has no business winning. But anyway. So, I mean, look, we all know Brian doesn't watch a ton of wrestling. Okay, we all know that. We all know Brian isn't sitting there watching Japanese tapes. We all know he's not, you know, he's, but I mean, do a small modicum of, and and here's the other thing too, okay? There's there's some level, yeah, when you're getting paid a pretty, yeah, like no one cares if we don't, if we miss something or whatever. We go out of our way, like we're idiots. We we still go out of our way to make sure we're, we're, you know, factually correct about just about everything that we do. But yeah, we're not getting paid, you know. He's We're not making a living off shows. this at all. He, he has to know that Dragon Gate USA hasn't run a show in forever. He has to know that. And the, the other thing is, here's what, here's what he needs to do sometimes, too. You know, it's okay. It's perfectly okay to say, I don't know sometimes. You know what I mean? It's a mm-hmm. right to say, I, you know what, Dave? I don't know anything about this situation. You take this. It, it's like, it's a right to say that, you know? If, uh, you know, it's like we talk about all the time, I'm not, you know, we're not going to sit here and break down shimmer. We don't know. You know, we're not going to pretend to know. So, you know, it's like, why? Just it's, it's all right. You can say, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It, it, that whole thing, it was just, I was cringing through the whole thing because I like the guy. I, and I feel like, you know, this is going to add fuel to the fire. He doesn't write his newsletter anymore. Um, you know, it's 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 it, what what is going on with this dude? He just does, he's lost. He's lost. Yeah, it, yeah. It's... You don't know what's going on? He's lost. But uh, yeah. So I don't. I, yeah. So I don't know how. Still covers WWE a lot. I mean, I, I, he misses a lot of the stuff. But the, that he's got pretty good at this point. Yeah, I mean, he still I still does a pretty good job of it. But that's it. I mean, that that he should really like. I I think you said it best on Twitter. I mean, it, there's no problem with staying in your lane and and just just doing what you're good at and not even bothering to do the other stuff. Like like. Go out of the, your way, and and you can you can grab other people. I mean, there's more than enough people that would probably be willing to work for the site or do stuff for the site that would help it grow. That would be great at that. You know, other. You know, I'm not saying us or you know, I'm not saying anybody in particular. But yeah, there's no reason to be. It, it's just yeah, it's it's been the product in general outside of the Observer and and the radios have been tough listens lately. Like over the past like six or seven months, I've been having a lot of trouble, and and I love them. I mean, they're still what I do, wake up every morning and basically listen to. But yeah, they've been they've been tough listens lately as as. They've really kind of gotten – I don't know the word. I mean, yeah, Dave's kind of hard to communicate sometimes. Him and Brian are on different it's, – it's been a weird, weird dynamic lately. But I, you know, I think that's why a lot of people prefer the shows with Mike because you know, Mike knows what's going on at least. You know? I mean you know, him and Dave have good chemistry too. But I mean if Brian stopped doing audio, then really what would he do? Right. Then it's, then it's nothing. I mean you know, so he'd be doing After Dark you know, and, and that's it. So I I don't know I look I I I don't want to beat the guy up you know I I feel bad about it but it's the truth I mean you know we pay for this audio and it's it's you know he's he doesn't know what's going on the guy's lost but uh 
you know, speaking of Ricochet and, and that company, I guess we could jump right into this before we do Invasion Attack, but it looks like AR Fox yes. is uh, finished with <laughs> WWN Live in a Facebook post that was that read a lot like his commentary. Uh, <laughs> it, it was very uh, – Which, by the way, if you, if you haven't listened, what, what show was that? Evol- that was Evolve 40, correct? He did two shows, but the one over WrestleMania weekend, I think, was I want to I don't know. It was one of the shows. I think it was forty. I, I'm almost positive it was forty, and he did the main event. Uh, and Air Fox uh, commentary is uh, it's something to behold. So I, I, bad, I, it's good. The, no, well, yeah, it was because at first it was like it, like it was very cringy at first or whatever, and then it got like after five minutes, you couldn't help but just kind of like laugh at it, and then it became awesome. Then it became the most entertaining thing in the entire. You know, the, the best part, and I, I think I mentioned it on Twitter as well, and the part that I love the most is that he started doing play by play. Like he he got on the booth and like obviously you have Lenny Leonard there who's who's spectacular and had a great weekend and was 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 just really really good I think an underrated you know commentator that people don't give enough credit to and then you have Air Fox who who's jumping in and who should be you know presumably the color guy who just chimes in whenever he wants and then you have Air Fox going like yeah that's a headlock oh he's got it reared in oh yeah here go drop toe hold here we go and it's like Lenny Leonard wasn't saying anything because like Air Fox didn't know that you're not like. You don't have to do all the moves. Like you just kind of chime in whenever you want. But that was I, that was my favorite part is taking over for Lenny Leonard on play by play. He took he Fox. took over to play by play. He was talking about guys taking bumps. He was talking about uh, that's a cool spot. He was just <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to do that move. Oh, that's a good uh, move. I should a, try to do that one. Cool spot. Oh, look at that bump right there. He really took a great <laughs> bump right there. It's like, what is wrong with this guy? Uh, he, 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 I don't know. He, it was, and then it became, it got to the point where it was so bad that it was good. And oh, it was hilarious. I was laughing my ass off. Yeah, it, it became, it became something to behold. It, it, it is worth your money to, to go buy that. Of all 40 is a great show any, but it is well worth it to hear AR Fox do commentary. And, you know, so I read his badly structured, badly worded Facebook post in his. <laughs> I was going to, do you want to, do you want me to read it or are you going to read yeah, it? I don't think, it, I, I don't th- I think people need to read that on their own. I mean, I think if okay, we read it's it, tough, it's going to, yeah. I I mean, you got to read it in his commentary voice, and it makes it very comical. Uh, not, not the most well-written. Here's the gist of it, okay? He, uh, he's claiming, first of all, I think the most interesting thing, and I totally believe him when he, when he talks about this. He's annoyed that his flights are from an airport that's nowhere near him. <laughs> right. <laughs> which he's in Connecticut or something. He said it was like two states away or something, right? Um, here's what I'm surmising here. As we all know, anybody who flies frequently knows, it's a lot cheaper to fly in and out of major airports than smaller local airports uh, for whatever reason. You don't have to take that short connecting flight, everything else. So what I'm guessing is Gabe is flying him in and out of either JFK or LaGuardia mm-hmm. and making him drive all the way back to Connecticut based on the way he worded that. Because right, he said an hour and a half drive yeah, and from tolls. the house or whatever. Yeah. And those New York City tolls are not cheap. He was very, yeah, he was very upset about the tolls, which makes you believe. Well, I mean, yeah, if, you're, probably... if you're going over bridges and through tunnels, you're talking, he could be paying upwards of $25 in tolls or more, depending, you know what I mean? Which airport we're talking and how far, it's a lot of money. I mean, those toll, we're not talking throw 75 cents in a bucket kind of toll. We're talking very expensive tolls if, if you know, if what I'm surmising is correct. He says four tolls. He's going to hit uh, four tolls is what he I says. I Tolls. It four times so yeah that, that would yeah he's 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 you know probably going over a bridge or going through a tunnel or both and then he's hitting another toll when he crosses the state line i totally believe him when he says that and i'm sure that's very frustrating 
And it's very, very frustrating for the person who has to pick them up and drop them off at the airport to be driving 90 minutes through these tolls. Look, that's that's four st- that's four times you got to go through these tolls. You know, if if you're dropping them off and picking them up, where what he's saying is, and he he mentioned other promoters just fly him in and out of Connecticut, probably at some local airport in Hartford or Bridgeport or wherever he lives. I don't know where he lives, Stanford, whatever it is. You know, the other promoters are ponying up the extra, you know, 75 to 100 bucks or whatever it costs to fly him, you know, direct flight to where the guy lives. I can totally see WWN Live flying him yes. 90 minutes away to save 100 bucks. I, I can totally see that. I believe him when he says that. And in fact, Gabe didn't dispute that. That's not no, one of the things. He disputed other stuff, but <laughs> yeah, the, the airplane or the airport uh, was not a, uh, a discussion in Gabe's. Uh, retort at all so yeah he he let that one slide so that, yeah, that so you know and then he then he claims he you know that well basically what happened was he um gabe had messaged him and told him about the next set of bookings and and fox said hey look i took another booking because i didn't know what was going on with you guys now basically in his me- are you looking at his facebook message basically, yes i am he yeah, was yeah. Saying, looking at it right now yeah basically he was saying that wwn is always you know late to book him and they book him you go ahead and read that part of it i guess or yeah here let, let me find it here real quick uh where was uh, it's in the beginning where he's talking about yeah i'm just trying to figure out it's, it's kind of a mess that, that, <laughs> there's no like punctuation like proper punctuation so it's hard to uh uh, just saying this is, uh, this is the cards for next week Evolve show. It's nine days away and not one match announced on this card. And since there's a huge lack of communication, checking the DGUSA website is how I know if I'm booked or not. So okay, when there's stop, about two weeks stop, left. Stop, stop, okay. Stop, stop, sorry. Stop. Yeah. So let's stop there. You mean to tell me that these guys are checking the company website to see whether they're booked or not? That's that just a little, doesn't seem very good. That's yeah. a little <laughs> scary. Okay. You may continue. Okay. Um, but, 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 but see if I, uh, so when there's about two weeks left, I booked myself. So he's two weeks out from the show. He said, well, I, I checked the website and I'm not on there. So I'm going so to, I'm going to make my own booking. Right, yeah. So he went and took another booking. Yeah. And now they, uh, now they want to take it personally that I was making sure I was lined up uh, with my booking. So I didn't have any empty weekends without even trying to understand. Uh, cause honestly, my loyalty was to them. If they just, uh, if we just talked like adults for a few minutes, I would have ended up doing evolve anyway. Cause that's how I am. But instead, I got responses in all caps with cusses. Hmm. Maybe it was LOL, LOL, LOL. <laughs> Possibly. Got back. Uh, and trying to future endeavor me like WWE. Uh, tell me they wish me the best and hope to see me on Lucha Underground when a few months back they held me back from it when Lucha sent me details on a contract. So there's uh, a little scoop. A little yes. scoop, huh? There you go. All right. So that's basically what he's saying here is this dude doesn't know he's booked until he sees his name on the website. On W, yeah, and on a miserable website too. With, that's, that's... with with his match pairings uh, all set up. So he said, "Hey, look, I I want to make sure I'm making some money this weekend. I'm taking a booking." So then, um, Gabe contacts him on Facebook, I believe, and wants to go over his uh, matches for the weekend. And that's when Ar Fox says, "Hey, well, look, I'm booked." Right. And then uh, this is where things really fell apart. Now, originally, what we thought had happened was his contract ran out. That doesn't appear to be the case. There's no talk of any contract on either side here. This is just uh, a dispute over this latest booking and both sides deciding, hey, you know what? We're done here. 
Uh, yeah, that that's that. Yeah, and 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 Gabe really quickly. Um, you know, I'm very disappointed to read Fox's statement. Uh, his statement is obviously that that whatever that Facebook message thing was. Uh, uh, he he's been a very valuable member of our roster, and I enjoyed working with him through the years. We've had some great times together on the road. Uh, I'm very disheartened to read this, but I must clarify a few things. Fox confirmed the April 17th and April 18th dates via text with me on March 17th. I contacted him on Facebook Messenger on Monday to go over his matches for Florida. He then informed me he had taken another booking on March 18th. Without getting into great detail on the conversation, I treated Fox with the respect he deserved after everything we had been through together. He claimed that I cussed him out. I said the F word once in the context of saying this is effed up. Uh, Fox also claims I used all caps, implying I was yelling at him. Uh, the only word in capital is the word never in the context that we never canceled the booking on him. Uh, I'm very disappointed and sorry that our relationship has ended this way and wish Fox the greatest of success. Okay, here's my take. I believe AR Fox 100% on the flights. I believe every word of that, and I and I understand why that would be incredibly frustrating. I believe Gabe when he says that Fox confirmed the bookings a month yes. a month ago. I believe there's no I I don't believe he would make that up. Um, I think that AR Fox probably had a lot of frustration over the flights, a lot of frustration over not knowing who he was working with, maybe a lot of frustration over a lot of things and use the fact that the matches weren't announced nine days out as an excuse to go take the other bookings. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I, I kind of believe parts of it from both sides. I find Gabe's message that you just read very credible. Um, I, 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 I just do. There's, you know, I have nothing to base it on other than my gut. I, I believe everything he's saying. I agree. And you, you can sort of tell, you can kind of sniff out Gabe when he's kind of trying to dance around something and when he's being very truthful. And, th and this, I absolutely, there's nothing in there that, that seems egregious or seems weird or seems, I mean, that, that, that does seem right on the money. I mean, you, you, Gabe has a way about him where, where when he's, when he's trying to when he's trying to play nice, but it's not because he's not good at doing that. He's not good at faking that he's being nice. We we I think we all kind of know he's, that. We've all dealt terrible with that people it. skills. We all he's terrible. So when he's actually saying something real and it sounds real and it looks real, it's probably real because he's not good at faking it. And that's to me, I feel like it is 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 fairly. I, I, there's not there's nothing in here that I would dispute. I I don't think I think both sides are kind of at a wrong if you put it that way. Or you know what? Sometimes this just happens, and you know what. You got to go your separate ways. Sometimes it, people need a break. Uh, you know, he's been with that company for a long time. Um, there's obviously some frustration uh, on his end. And, um, you know, I'm sure, look, you know, it's, it's, there's probably a lot of frustration over, I, you could see WWN doing things by the seat of their pants. That's not very hard to believe. Um, but at the same time, if you confirm a booking via text message, you know, then you, you, you probably shouldn't go out and get another booking, no matter how frustrated you are. But uh, it looks like they're going to part ways, at least for a while. Look, this is obviously not the first time that, um, you know, Gabe has had issues with a talent. And, you know, eventually, you know, he we, we saw it with Loki refusing to do jobs in Ring of Honor. Right. And then he worked with him again at some point. We saw it with Davey Richards, where he bailed on Evolve at literally the last minute. And they reconciled and they worked together. Right. Just as you know, a few weeks ago, Gabe was talking about how great, uh, great a man David Richards was for stepping up and, and taking a booking. So, yeah, yeah. like we saw it with TJ Perkins. Yeah, I was going to say very recent. Another they had a, a very uh, well publicized uh, money disputes during the early days of Evolve that Perkins talked about on this show. And we see that eventually they reconciled. And now he's booking Perkins. These things happen. 
And, you know, sometimes you just get tired of each other. So, and I don't think a change of scenery is the worst thing for AR Fox right now. I think clearly, as we've talked about last week, the style of wrestling in Evolve is changing. And, um, you know, that, that era of, of, of those type of guys is, is, is being ushered out slowly in favor of the, uh, of the more, um, you know, grappling based style. You can see based on, uh, the, the workers that they're booking, you can see based on the direction of a lot of the booking, mm-hmm. the champion, you know, obviously, you know, Drew Galloway over Johnny Gargano is a very, you know, telling, you know, choice Gargano being moved into a few, a mid card blood feud with Ethan page and, and, and the rise of Thatcher and, and, and Gulak and now booking TJ Perkins again, who's facing Thatcher on the next evolve show. It's just, you see sort of a changing of the guard coming in terms of who they're booking. And, and, and the other mix had gotten stale. I mean, it was mm-hmm. the same group of guys for a long time. That other group of guys, your Gargano's, your AR Foxes, your ricochets, um, you know, the, your Yuha nations, those guys date all the way back to when Dragon Gate USA was running regularly. I mean, that was the same crew back then. And, you know, Dragon Gate USA hasn't had a show in forever. So yeah, we're, we're talking like 2011. Like, the, like that's that same roster. Almost. Pretty much since going back to about 2011. You, you know, it's minus Chuck Taylor. It's all the same guys. So it's, uh, you know. Swan as well. You yeah, can put Swan, Swan in the, the conversation too. Yeah. Absolutely. That whole core group of guys. And it, it, it was time to freshen things up. And, I, you know, I may not be totally totally on board with everyone they're booking and all the things they're doing from what entertains a Joe Lanza perspective, but from a business perspective, I have no problem with what they're doing. Evolve feels fresher now than it has in how long. I mean, you know, there was a period of time there where these WWN shows felt stale as hell. You weren't excited about watching WWN shows anymore because it had gotten stale and now there's a little juice, you know, and and the next show looks pretty damn good, you know, to be honest with you. And the crazy thing about the next show, um, to show you how unprepared we are, because I don't have it in front of me, and I doubt you do either, because... I'm firing it up right um, now. Evolve 41? Yeah, Evolve 41. You look at the Evolve 41 show. You correct me if I'm wrong, but that show does not have AR Fox, obviously. I do believe it does not have Ricochet. I believe... Uh, no Ricochet, no. You're correct. It obviously has no Yuha Nation. He started up with NXT uh, earlier uh, uh, last week, I believe, after the weekend. It, I believe it also has no Rich Swan. If uh, Swan is oh, actually Swan there. Is- he, he he's uh, he's facing Ethan Page. Okay, so a lot of so those three for sure. Uh, is Gargano on the shows? Gargano is on there. He's uh, he's against Davy Richards. Okay, I'm t- who who else is not? Uh, here's the here's the quick card right here, uh, and then you can kind of come up with. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, here, real quick, I'll do other card. Uh, main event: uh, Roderick Strong, Timothy Thatcher. This is for uh, an evolved title shot in the future. The winner gets a, a title shot in the future. Uh, Gargano Richards, as we mentioned, uh, Swan, Ethan Page, uh, Busick, T.J. Perkins, uh, Ray. Is it Horus? Yes. Okay, I just want to make sure. This is Andrew uh, Everett, I believe. Yep. Uh, no, he's actually versus uh, Caleb Conley. Oh, okay, okay. And then um, Anthony Nice versus Martin Stone. Yeah, so you can, that's all we have so right you now. You got so. Martin Stone in the mix. You got uh, Ray Horace in the mix. You got uh, you know all these, and, and you've got that those three of those old core which are gone now. So you can kind of see the changing of the guard coming. And they, look, this isn't the worst thing for WWN, and this isn't the worst thing for AR Fox. I mean, you know, we'll see where he lands now. He could land in Lucha Underground. He could, uh, well, if they ever run another show. Um, but correct, which we should talk about a little bit as well, um, you know, which, you know, people are far more confident than I am. I mean, I talked about it on Twitter a little bit and I'm, I'm not confident. Like I'm 50, 50, whether they run another show, but we'll get to here's, here, this is kind of funny here. Here's the show that I went to. Um, so you can kind of see the difference in, in the rosters. Um, 
let me see. This is this is 2010. Um, you know what? Let me let me do 2011. I'll, I'll do I'll, I'll do Fearless 2011. This is not the show that I went to, but it gives you kind of an idea of what the roster was at that point. You can kind of see the difference. Uh, opener was Shima versus Rich Swan. Obviously, Shima will probably not be making any evolved bookings anytime soon. And Swan's still kind of there in in, in some respects. Uh, Air Cannon, Alex Cologne, Brody Lee, Ar Fox, Tony Nice, and Scott Reed was in their next match. Brody Lee. Yes. Whatever, whatever happened to that guy? I What's Chikara, and then I don't know what happened to him after, but... He disappeared. Yes. Uh, the the pre-Jimmy Susumu versus Ricochet. Not, not, not a Jimmy yet. Uh, Mochizuki versus Sammy Callahan. Yep, Callahan. Oh, this is, this is your matchup. This is Joe Land's dream matchup here. John Davis versus Pinky Sanchez. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you probably well, love John, well, that. Well, John match. Davis... I, well, see, I, I might have been the world's biggest John Davis fan. I, Did you eventually turn? I thought you hated no, him. No, I while. legitimately enjoy John Davis. Was this when he was doing the like forty-five minute uh, entrances, was or was that the later? Only in the... person in the world oh, that liked those who liked that stare-down gimmick he would do. With <laughs> I enjoyed that. I thought that was good. Now, Pinky Sanchez, I think, is is look. He might be up there with Bugsy McGraw as your least favorite wrestlers of all time, I, <laughs> like top ten. I'm the master like... of hyperbole, but I say this, meaning it, a hundred percent. Pinky Sanchez is legitimately. One of the 10 worst professional wrestlers I've ever seen in my life. He's awful. Well, go ahead. Uh, Austin Aries, Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Pac. Hope, hope he's okay. Uh, Yoshino uh, versus Yamato and uh, Akira Tozawa. So you look at that. About three or four guys. Just, there's, yeah. Now, give, now what's the, give the rest of the Evolve 41 card here. Because it's a good. Uh, the Evolve, yeah, no, that was it. That was, uh, I gave you all those. That's, that's all we have. So, so here's far. who's not on the show. Just from this past weekend. No Galloway. No Ricochet, no Chris Hero, no AR Fox, and no PJ Black. Yeah. You know, that's just from last, from WrestleMania weekend. And look how good that show is anyway, even without those five big-time names. They've done a really good job uh, of building a lot of these guys up. Now, where, where you, you imagine, you're, you're... now listen, could you imagine going back to that other show you read in 2011, whatever it was, and removing five of the biggest names? Right. What would you be le- – I mean, th- Galloway, Ricochet, Hero, Fox, and Black. I mean – Black headlines th- two or three shows that are, uh, last weekend. Galloway's the champion. You know, Ricochet's been a starter forever. Hero had, the, you know, the, arguably the best match in a lot of people's opinions on the shows. And Fox headlined one of the shows. Those guys are not on this show, and it's still a loaded show. Yeah. That goes to show the good job that they've done here. Yeah, it had been John Davis and, like, Tony Nese in the main event or somewhere. <laughs> if we if we took like the five or six best dudes out of that, and especially with, you know without the Japanese talent of, and of course it's not apples to apples. It's it's you know DJ US uh, DJ USA versus Evolve, but yeah, it's they they've done a really good job, and I think that was one of the highlights of the weekend. I'm not sure if we um if we quite put it together. Um, oh, Cody Rhodes actually responded to us on Twitter. Hmm. <laughs> that, that froze you in your tracks. What is this Cody Rhodes? Because he still follows us, by the way. Yeah. So what I did is I um, backstory for people who may not understand uh, what the hell we're talking about, because, you know, we assume, Rich, that everyone listens to every show. Uh, Yeah, we shouldn't do that. (laughs) Um, uh, We ripped Cody Rhodes. Well, you know, mostly I did. But you chimed in. I did. Points. I've always been. I've always been a very. uh, Yeah, I've always been a very anti. Not not anti, but I've, I've just never seen the appeal. Everybody tells me he's great. I, I had never seen it. And we didn't so much rip Cody Rhodes as it was more of a shot at the people who are constantly telling us that Cody Rhodes is great, which is something we just don't see. So yeah, he's fine. I, I don't mind the guy. I mean, it, it seems like a really nice dude in real life too, but yeah, the, 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 he's, he's an underrated talent. Okay. Well, 
okay, where, when, where, like, you know, give us the evidence that this guy has ever been great. So, cause people tell us he's great, you know? So, so anyway, um, we ripped him mercilessly on that podcast and, you know, I, you know, I have deducted that, you know, he's tight with a lot of people in the PWS uh, crowd. And we know that a lot of people from PWS listen to the show. We know that for a fact, because a lot of the Pat Buck stuff got back to Pat Buck through people who work for him that listen to the show. And yeah, I, I know that 100% for a fact, people have told me that directly. So I know Cody Rhodes is tight with that whole crew as well. So it's no coincidence that Stardust started following both us and my personal account yeah, you got you got the personal one. I didn't get the personal the one. The day after we released the podcast, where we ripped him mercilessly, and um, I don't know what he's doing following my. I hope he likes college basketball a lot. Yeah, I was gonna say you're a terrible follower. If he's following my, if he's following my account and thinks he's gonna get wrestling, I hope he, I hope he really loves college basketball and and Reds and baseball. The, Reds day yeah, baseball. I hope for <laughs> the next six months he he really digs Cincinnati Reds baseball because that's all he's getting. Um, but but yeah, so he started following us obviously because he he got tipped off that we ripped him and presumably I guess he listened to it, which I don't care. It doesn't bother me one bit, but, um, so that's the setup. Now, Rich, what is he responding to now on our Twitter? Cause okay, this so, is the first so interaction. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's very, very interesting here. We sound like a bunch of like noobs here, but that's fine. So, uh, my dog was sitting up on my couch and I have my like microphone because I said my setup is awful cause I'm in an apartment. So I have an end table next to my couch and I have a mic set up on the end. It's, it's, it's a very, very ridiculous setup that I have here. Anyway, the mic was pointed, uh, towards like the back of my couch or whatever. And my dog sat up next to the, the, the microphone and he was just sitting there and I snapped a picture. He was, it looks like he's talking, he's standing, he's sitting above the microphone and talking. So what I did is, you know, a fun little gimmick here. I mean, I'm like, like the dog is a part of the voice wrestling podcast. Maybe he he's on here. So I put quote Cody Rhodes with another fucking chin lock and it shows my dog talking to the mic. So I posted that at seven 47 and then uh, four minutes ago I get uh, from at Stardust WWE. He's the worst parentheses, learn a cool move at least. And then a monkey emoji, a smiley face emoji, and then a panda emoji. All right. So either Cody Rhodes is gotten to, or he's a really good sport because that's I think he's a really good sport is where I would go because here, here's here's why it's one or the other rich I don't get the emojis so the the emojis are the key here because if you eliminate the emojis he's gotten to but if if I don't know what like a panda bear means I don't know what that means so it, this could mean he's just being a good sport, you know, with the smiley face and the panda and all the you know the, the, this emoji how do you read that? I read it as he's just being a good sport, especially the fact that it was the dog picture that he, he responded to and not the, you know, 7,000 other, you know, uh, 7,000 other, you know, tweets we put about because him. We haven't, listen, we haven't stopped bashing him. No, that's what I mean. Like, he, he could have jumped in on those, but he jumped in on the, the, the obvious joke one of my dog sitting above the microphone and doing it. So, yeah, I, I'm guessing he's just kind of a good sport about okay, it. Okay, well, can, can I say that he's got – He shouldn't be – he shouldn't be – because who the hell are we? Who cares? Can I say that he's gotten to for following us in the first place after we ripped him on the pod? Yes, that was gotten to. Yes. At this point, I don't know. Is that fair? That's absolutely fair. Yeah, you should. Somebody should tell you and you should go, oh, who the hell are they? Who cares? And then stop because you're, listen, you're listen. arguably a little bit more successful at wrestling. That, than that us, may so. be the case, Rich, but we're big time names in the podcast business. Okay. 
Oh, we, I mean, you're right. You're right. We got, you know, we wield some influence around here. Don't do not downplay the Voices of Wrestling podcast. OK, pal. OK, I'm definitely good enough for a, a man who has been employed by the WWE for the past, you know, 10 years or whatever. And probably has a job for life if he wants it. Probably doesn't have to care what we think about him. But but yes, I, I'm with you. I, look, I listen, in all seriousness, like any other professional athlete, or any other person who entertains for a living, none of these guys should have thin skin. I mean, they at this they, they should be um, either used to criticism. If they're not going to use it constructively, that's fine. But they should at least be used to it. Or if they if if criticism does get to them, they should absolutely no sell it because you you never look good when you sell criticism because it just makes you look angry and bitter. Here's a case study. Michael Elgin. There exactly. you go. The end. Exactly. <laughs> the end. There's the end of my case study it's, it's... is Michael Elgin's Twitter account. <laughs> the fact of the matter is if, if we're going to have a Twitter account, we're going to do a podcast and we're going to be critical of wrestling. You have to be critical of wrestlers and you have to be critical of their matches. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is I think it's no secret um, that, you know, it's like there's, there's certain wrestlers who follow us and, and interact with us all the time, but you know, when their matches are bad, we, we, we say so, and we have to say so. I mean, a good example is Lance Hoyt. I mean, if, if any of our writers or, or, or either one of us um, don't put over one of his matches or whatever, he responds playfully, you know, with a sad face. Right, right. I'm going to give you a killer bomb, or it's always playful and it's fun because he gets it. He understands that we have to be critical, and if it stinks, it stinks. You know, and, and we have to say it stinks. Um, so, you know, there's always that, you know, and there's plenty of other. Look, if 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 you went to an AAW show and Matt Cage stunk the join up, I am 100 percent confident you say yeah, that Matt Cage stunk the join up. And, and sometimes I'll text him afterwards and tell him. Right, or yeah, yeah. And then tell him to his face. But that, but the point is, and I'm 100 percent confident that he wouldn't mind. No, he would say, yeah, you're right. And if he felt that he stunk the join up, he'd agree with you. Right. So, you know, it's and, and and look, and if he didn't and he was annoyed by the fact that you were burying him to me, you know, it, that's a bad example because, you know, him personally, because he could always go to you personally. But if you didn't, then you absolutely should no sell that. You shouldn't get into it with a critic. You just shouldn't. It's a no win situation. So I don't know. Yeah, he's probably being a good sport, this Cody Rhodes. So I think so. I mean, we've had. Yeah, like you said, or like I said, we've probably had like you know, hundreds and not, not hundreds, but we've had dozens of, of anti, you know, not anti Cody Rhodes, but, but negative Cody Rhodes really, tweets like since he's followed us and he hasn't responded. And to the, the thing is, is like I said before, it's more anti these people who tell. Yeah, right, right, right. And, and I think he probably understands that too. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, that, that's really the, cru and by, by proxy, you have to rip him too, because it's impossible to say you're wrong for thinking this guy's great without then saying why he isn't great. And then, mm -hmm. And then, you know, in effect, you're then criticizing him. So, you know, but it, we, we, we didn't go after Cody Rhodes because because of some kind of, you know, some kind of vendetta or some kind of – it was because of his fans telling us how great he supposedly was. That was where that all came from. Exactly. So there, there is a subtle difference there. But you can't tell me Cody Rhodes or anybody else is great and then not bring me a resume. If I challenge it, I mean, that's what discussion is. And, and yeah, and I, we, we did it. It's actually kind of fitting. And I, I don't know if you want to go into this tangent, too. But, you know, with the AJ Lee situation, a lot of people were were throwing out, you know, when, when she retired or whatever. And then everyone's saying, oh, what a legend or, you know, great wrestler or whatever. And I said, you know, I, I asked people, I said, you know, what's your favorite AJ Lee match? 
because that's what we do. I mean, that that's and it's it wasn't any sort of sexism or anything like that. I was just curious. Okay, then what is your favorite AJ Lee match? If she's a legend, if she's this great figure in the history of of women's wrestling in WWE, what's your favorite match? And and pretty much ninety five percent of people gave me one match. It was her versus Caitlyn at Payback, and that was it. That's all I heard from people. And then like there was a natty one at main event, but that was it. There was those two, and that's all I heard from anybody. And to me, that's kind of telling. It's like, okay, well, now we have to kind of reel that in then maybe a little, right? Uh, listen, a couple days later, I got so sick and tired of hearing about – everyone kept tweeting that she, she's a legend. That word – it really bothered me attaching that word to AJ Lee. AJ Lee is not a legend uh, by any stretch. I mean unless I just have some super uh, conservative view of the word le- – when I think of legends, okay, in, in the context of that company, I think of Bruno San Martino. I think of Hulk Hogan. I think of John Cena. I think of The Rock. I think of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I do not think of AJ Lee. Well, let's uh, from this context, let's think of maybe with with her as, as far as a women's wrestler Mula. in that company, right? And that's that's what I would say. I would go with. I would even go a, a Trish Stratus is absolutely a legend in the women's ranks of WWE. AJ Lee's not anywhere near there. The qualifiers, though, I don't believe in that shit. No, but I'm just saying, if you wanted to, if you wanted to, if people wanted to say that, oh, I mean, legend in 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 her context, in this or whatever. Okay, so I still don't know if I would do that. You want to put the qualifier on it and say, okay, among the women in the company, right? I I still, you're right. I still don't consider her a legend. I would consider Mula. I would Elizabeth. Um, I don't consider AJ Lee a legend. She was there for ten minutes. She was there from what? Since what? 2011. 2011, and 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 the lead up to, I mean, when you really look at what she did, I was I I went back and and, and reread her Wikipedia because sometimes I have you know, like you said, we can remember stuff from 1989 perfect, and I, I cannot tell you what happened in 2012 with AJ Lee or whatever, and I was remembering, and I'm like, yeah, that career was not real. Like, you remember how she got built up, right? Yeah, well, her best stuff is not bell to bell. Her best stuff was performance wise, um, right? Promos. Was, what, yeah, um, relationships with Daniel Bryan, and, and, you know, when she was doing me, stuff like that. A lot of it was being a, a girlfriend on TV. Yeah, like, you're bouncing around from Dolph and Bryan and listen, and being Kane, and, and being crazy. CM Punk. And her gimmick was she – And tilting her head. Yeah, she was yeah. nuts. And listen, I don't want people to th- – look, she was a great performer. Absolutely. In that role, tremendous in that role. Um, but there was a lot of people who have come and gone in that company who were tremendous in their role and who were great performers. That doesn't make them a, a legend. You can't just throw that word around. I think we're just throwing that word around. She's not a legend. And maybe it's because we're sports fans and we understand that you could be a great player. You can be an all-time great in your sport and that and you may not be a legend. Right. There's very few. And and, and I always had that. I don't know. And maybe people aren't like me, but for me, I'm I'm, I'm very similar to you. And I, and I think of that way, you know, I get in discussions with people about superstars or whatever of, of leagues. I don't have many super – I consider like a very, very small window of people – to be superstars or to be legends or to be all time greats. Like I don't put 45 people in my legendary, you know, baseball. Well, we just went through this with people we know with Kevin Love. Exactly. Right. Right. It's, you know, everyone was telling us, you know, Kevin Love is a superstar. Oh, by the way, that I was very right about that. Of course we were. We were right on the money with that. And I don't want to hear about his bad back. Kevin Love was not a superstar in Minnesota and he's not a superstar now. And it's, it's bearing it out. Great player. Very good player. Maybe even a great player. You know, people coming back, oh, well, look at his statistics. I don't care about stats. Not a superstar. Not a guy who's going to carry it. Superstars are are total difference makers, complete difference makers. If that guy is the best guy on your team, you're going to win a World Series. And and, and a legend to me is that if that guy is on top of your company or that guy or girl is on top of your company, you're making money hand over fist. 
She's not a legend. That's what I would put She's as just a legend. Not a legend. Because I don't think AJ Lee is there. You don't even necessarily have to be. Look, being a huge draw is a huge help. But even if you're not, if you're amazing bell to bell, you can be a legend, I think. For a lot of years, though, too. For I mean, she had, what, three years? Like they said, of, she was of... there for 10 minutes. I mean, right. can we pump the brakes on AJ Lee as a legend? Nice little performer for a few years. Don't get me wrong. But again, you, you crowdsourced and said, and I knew you were up to no good when you did that. But you crowdsourced. All right. Well, what are the great AJ Lee matches? What show me? What am I missing here? And it's like you said. Look, I saw our mentions. It was all that Caitlyn match, and it was it wasn't even. And it was a lot of people saying things like, "Well, I guess the Caitlyn match." Right. Not definitively. Oh, it has to be these three or whatever. Oh, it's maybe this random match. Um, she kind of had a good match with so and so. Listen, AJ Lee's resume, bell to bell, just isn't there. You're not going to win that argument with us. It's not going to happen. If you want to make the argument that she was a legendary performer, you're still not. I'm, I'm not budging on that. But you have a much better shot going in that direction than you do bell to bell. Nice little worker. OK, I'm not. Listen, I think she's a, 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 a she was a good worker. Not a great worker. Never great. She was good. She's OK. A lot better than a lot of other people on the roster. I kind of think she was a nice bridge along with some other people into what we're going to see. A complete yes, hopefully. Era. Yeah. And, and maybe that will be maybe maybe we won't quite appreciate what she's done until, you know, a few years or whatever. But right now, I mean, it's, it's tough to say. Yeah. Like legend is a is a is a is a heavy word. I mean, heavy, I, heavy. I, I mean, word. I just yeah. I just did it for people. I mean, you know, does it sound absurd? You tell me. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hulk. Hogan, OK. Bruno San Martino. Check. Andre the Giant. A.J. Lee. One of these things doesn't belong, Rich. <laughs> Andre, come on. Not a, what did Andre Not do? a legend. She's not a legend. Stop. But, uh, yeah, so I guess, how do we get on this? Oh, Cody. I don't know. We we're, we got onto Cody Rhodes, and then we got onto resumes. We, you got to give us a good resume. Come on. That's. Yeah. yeah you know, legend is a very, very strong word. Um, and like I said, you know, you can, I can give you Hall of Famers. In various sports that I don't consider legends, but they're all-time great players and they're all <laughs> famous. It doesn't make them legends. A legend is, is, is a, a very reserved for. I mean, you know, Babe Ruth is a legend. Well, yeah. Mickey Mantle is a legend. I would have a tough time. I'm thinking of you well, know I'm watching Willie, baseball Willie right now. Willie Mays is a legend. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching baseball right now. I'm thinking like you know, a guy like a Greg Maddox or whatever, who's an all-time, all-time, all-time great pitcher. I I don't know. <laughs> like I really would have trouble saying legend. You know, you it's know? harder because you you watched him his whole career, so maybe not yeah. in awe because you you lived through it. Whereas legends sort of grow over years. You know sure. what I mean? I'll give you a perfect example though. Ty Cobb, legend. Okay, he played with a guy in the Hall of Fame who's an all-time great by the name of Sam Crawford. Not a legend. Exactly. Hall of Famer. Not a legend. Sam Crawford is not a Hall of Famer. Is not a, is not a legend. But a very, let's just talk baseball. Screw the wrestling. Very, I don't want to talk very, wrestling. Let's just talk baseball. But a very deserving Hall of Famer and an all-time great player. Char yes. Charlie Geringer, who played second base for the Tigers towards the tail end of Cobb's career, I think, and then later on after Cobb was gone. Again, Hall of Famer. One of the greatest second basemen of all time. Not a legend. You can be a great player. You can be a great performer. You can be a Hall of Famer. But that doesn't make you a legend. And, I, you know, I'm not even so sure. Well, WWE Hall of Fame, who the fuck knows? Anyone's a WWE Hall of Famer. But a credible rest. She's not a she's not a Hall of Famer in a credible Hall of Fame. Is she? I mean, no, God, no, I, I, I no, no, not even close. She's not. She, she won't even get on the observer ballot. 
she'll never get into like the pro wrestling hall of fame and in, in, in the one in Amsterdam, she, she, uh, New York or any of the other, she, like she, she's not a legend. She's not even a hall of fame, but a nice little performer for 10 minutes. Pump the brakes <laughs> on AJ Lee. Jeez. There's been a million AJ Lee's, you know, it, what makes AJ Lee more of a legend than, but then again, Victoria. Yeah. How is she any more of a legend than Victoria? I mean, honestly, really, how is she? I, exactly. You know, I, she's not- I think Victoria has more good, like actually really, I would consider really good matches. Then. A bell to bell. I mean, it's it definitely arguable, probably with a slight edge to Victoria. Yeah. You know, you know, not the same company, but, you know, someone like Gail Kim blows AJ Lee out of the water bell to bell. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, Gail Kim can carry other. Look what Gail Kim has done with Taryn Terrell. Let me see AJ Lee carry Taryn Terrell to a match like, like Gail Kim has carried Taryn Terrell to. Let me see that happen. I mean, so Bell the Bell is not even – look, she's not – why are you – we're wasting – was a lot of time on AJ Lee being a legend. She's not even close to being a legend. You can't even argue <laughs> that she's a legend. I mean, maybe if you're 20 years old and you've been watching wrestling for five years, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I Maybe that's where a lot of this is coming from. I don't get it, though. It it confounds me. But then again, right. well, we were talking you know, about. Uh, then uh, again, there's blogs out there saying that she should have beaten Brock Lesnar for the title. So, so you know, she what? Has, yeah, we're, we're she has wacky fanatical fans. Our our finger is is very off the pulse, I guess, on that. So that's fine. Whatever. Uh, any any more on Evolve before we kind of move on to other things? I I did, I did want to talk another WWE thing before we leave. Yeah, I think just the only thing you wanted to note was how well booked the weekend was. For, yes. Yeah. For the WWN shows. Um, you know, whereas, you know, we already talked a little bit about the changing of the guard. We talked about the creative things they're doing to get Gargano out of the title picture with Ethan Page. We talked about that last week, but there was a lot of little subtleties in the booking too, excuse me, that both of us noticed. Um, you know, one thing was, you know, um, Gargano surviving, um, uh, what's our Fox call his finisher? Uh, the, uh, what's the, oh, is it low main pain? Is that that one? You know, Gargano survived the low main pain. Is that I again? Like, if people are first listeners, we 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 don't know what we would actually call. We're awful with that, but it is the main <laughs> pain. And then you know he he survived that move to go on to beat him, which made him look very strong going into uh you know the rest of his matches that weekend, which was was a nice little touch. And and there there was a lot of uh, subtle things like that going on um with these evolve shows and and so many of the guys have clear directions now and you can kind of see where things are going whereas for the longest time with WWN live they were just shows with matches that were sometimes good and sometimes bad and sometimes they were very much the wait and see somebody would say somebody somewhere would watch them and say you know maybe it would be like an Allen would say this match is really good and then people would go but you wouldn't you wouldn't have to watch it live there was no but even when the matches were good they were just sort of self-contained matches that were good and nothing was really leading anywhere and there was and that was about mid 2012 till about about (laughs) you know about a month ago yeah Yeah. so it's like there was really you know nothing going on booking wise and and we had even speculated look He's got a kid, you know, Gabe has a child now. He's got a, a another gig now. He's not doing wrestling full time. He's probably in a much better place as a person and just doesn't give enough of a shit about booking wrestling. You know what I mean? And you really can't blame the guy. These bookers, you know, he's been booking wrestling solid since 2002. You get burnt out and he found other things to put his energy towards his kid, his job. You know, you seem like he's in a better place. But now it seems like that focus is back. And maybe since he's working with a new crew of people and 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 he sees that new uh, direction coming that maybe he's reinvigorated and excited yeah. again about booking the product. And I think it really showed this weekend because I think everything, 
from show to show to show over that weekend um, was booked tremendously, and one thing led into the other uh, very nicely. Yeah, and I think we always, we mentioned this uh, you know a few weeks ago on the podcast that Gabe is very good at sort of sensing what the next thing is going to be or another big thing or whatever. And yeah, that might be because he was just kind of it was kind of quicksand for a while there for two years. It was just kind of, yeah, here we go. Here's, here's, you know, the same thing I presented to you in 2010 and, and 2011. And now you, yeah, you see a different and you see him more active on stuff too. Cause for a while there he was, and he even mentioned, he says, yeah, I'm not on Twitter anymore. I'm not on this. I, you know, I, I, I'm not a very active and stuff. He's very active again, you, you know, mentioning stuff, talking to people doing, I mean, you, you can tell that there's a new energy with him and, th- and that's good that for, for everybody, that's good. A healthy, you know, a sh- really strong, you know, top tier American independent, you know, scene is great. It's awesome. It's, it's, I mean, look at this weekend. If those shows had all sucked, that weekend would have been a total drag. It wasn't, it was awesome. Yeah. So much so that you're making sure you watch everything. Like it, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I loved it. It was a great weekend. I thought really, really good weekend from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still going to rank and review all these matches, but people tell me that this WrestleCon show is going to come out. <laughs> so that's the, I saw, I've watched everything else. I'm just waiting on the WrestleCon show now because I, I, I'm going to write at this point. You're a completist. Yeah, I, I have mean, to, because I there's one show else. Left. Yeah, right. So there's no reason not to, not to include it. And I know as, as soon as I write the thing and submit it to the site, the WrestleCon show will pop up 10 minutes later. So I might as well wait and get that one in too. And, and everything I've seen so far on the weekend has been enjoyable. Those King of Indie shows, which I hadn't yeah, watched. Talk a little bit about those. I know, um, you know, we have to go into huge detail, but yeah, we didn't really cover them too much last week, but, uh, you, you've had, we had, about we had neither one of us had seen them. And, yeah. and, and it's, uh, you know, for the first time ever, I, I, I get Willie Mack now. I never – we even mentioned it, I think. He's never gotten over with me. I've never understood the fascination with Willie Mack, whether it's PWG, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, other places that I've seen him. I never understood what other people were seeing in this guy. He fucking killed it on these King of Indie shows, and he made a fan out of me. So Willie Mack, big winner on those shows. Another guy, a big winner on those shows, and it shows uh, obviously uh, with Gabe Sapolsky as well, was, was Ray Horace, who looked great on those shows and has now earned himself some bookings on the mainline WWN uh, shows coming up here on Evolve 41. He's got a match. So he's another guy who looked great. I mean, he it looked great, and I'm not just throwing that away. He looked great. And uh, the other guy who really made a huge impress- impression on me was the winner of the tournament, Adam Thornstow. Mm-hmm. This guy, I listen, people tell me. I'm going to go seek it out. Yeah, I'm going to go seek it out. I have not seen any of him, to be uh, honest. People so. tell me that he bombed in PWG. They tell me that he bombed in some dark matches with Ring of Honor, that he's gotten opportunities in places and it hasn't worked out. Look, this was my first exposure to the guy, and I have no idea how that's possible because he looked like one of the best wrestlers in the United States on these shows. He looked awesome. This guy has a presence about him. He's got charisma. He can work his ass off. Um, Arguably the, the best wrestler of the entire weekend. I I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to go that far. He was that good. Um, you know, to me, um, he, he outshined and listen, Willie Mack had a great weekend. He was, Willie Mack was great, particularly on night two. Willie Mack had two matches on night two that the Willie Mack Ray Horace match on night two was one of the five best matches the entire weekend. And I'm debating whether it was the best match of the entire weekend. And that includes the Brock Lesnar match against Roman Reigns. That's how good that match was, in my opinion. And then he followed that up with a match against Jeff Cobb, which was almost at that level, but not quite. 
and Jeff Cobb's another guy. He's one of the guys I was very familiar with coming in who I've always liked. But Willie Mack killed it, and Thornstowe to me outshined him uh, over these two nights as well. Thornstowe was great, and you know he, he's in a tag team called Reno Scum with uh, Luster the Legend, who was also on these shows. I'm telling you right now, I don't know what happened in PWG. I didn't see the match. I can't comment. I don't know what happened in Ring of Honor. I didn't see that. I don't know what he did to not get over before when he's gotten chances. You put this Reno Scum tag team in Ring of Honor. You put that team on WWN shows. Oh, you might have to. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you put that team in NXT, I'm telling you right now that team gets over. Wow, okay. I'm, I am so high on these guys right now, especially Thornstow. And to be fair, he was the one they pushed because he won the tournament. Maybe this luster to legend, you know, he, he didn't go as far as in the tournament. He didn't have as many opportunities. You know what I mean? So they did wrestle each other at one point in the tournament. But I was very impressed with both of them, especially this Thornstow. He, he, looks like, he looks like the business. I'm telling you right now, he impressed me so much. And, and you know, I couldn't stop tweeting about it after I watched the shows. And I, I, I am mystified how, how this guy has not gotten booked for the most part outside of California. And, I, and after these shows, after people see this, I don't know how people aren't going to go out. It, it, maybe just the cost of the flights should be the only thing to stop anybody from booking this guy. I'd book this guy tomorrow if I ran a promotion. And I'd push him to the fucking moon because he's a fresh face. No one's been exposed to him unless, unless you're familiar with the North California indie scene, which let's face it, nobody is. You're not. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going on unless you live there. You don't know what's going on with the North California indie scene because those shows are not – they're not quote-unquote national shows. They just aren't. Let's be realistic about it. It takes a long time to emerge from a place like that. Um, you know, no, one, no one's familiar with Cobb. No one was familiar with Timothy Thatcher until 10 minutes ago. Uh, you know, all these guys from that scene. So, I mean, you know, I, 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 this guy needs to be booked. Maybe he had the weekend of his life. Maybe he wrestled over his head. That's a possibility too. I only have two shows to go off of, but this Thornstow impressed the fuck out of me. Him, Willie Mack, and Horace, to me, uh, were the three most impressive workers on those shows. And you know what? Everyone's going to be screaming at us after we post this. Oh, you know, like, yeah, of course, Joe didn't like Thatcher. Look, Thatcher wasn't even close to the best wrestler on these two shows. I can understand the perspective of thinking he was the best worker on the WWN shows. I don't agree with it, Rich, but I get it if you say that. Because if, if you're into what he does, he did put in great performances from that perspective on the WWE shows. I cannot accept an argument that he was the best worker on these King of Indie shows or the most impressive worker or the guy who stood out the most. He just wasn't. Those other three guys blew him away. And uh, that's not even necessarily a knock on Thatcher, but Thatcher was just a guy on these shows. He really was. And it was those three guys to me uh, who really stood out. And look, I recommend the Night 2 show to anybody. If you want to yeah. – that night two show – Because night one was kind of a – would you – did you agree? Because I know, I know Warren Taylor, who did the review for our site, kind of said it was a so-so. Like it, it was very skippable. Night to, one to, is a skippable show, and it was the worst show of the weekend. But I'll tell you what. It was better than I was led to believe. There was a lot of stuff okay. on night one I liked. Um, the main event didn't really deliver. I thought Timothy Thatcher – people are going to get on me again. I thought the best match of Timothy Thatcher's weekend was not the Chris Hero match. It was the Dylan Drake match on night one of King of Indies. I liked that. I, I, I genuinely liked that Dylan Drake match uh, a lot. And I, I you know, um, because Drake brought something a little different to the table with that. He mm -hmm. brought a little showmanship. It was a little different. 
and and you know there there was a lot of Thatcher stuff too, but I really loved the uh the I really liked the Thatcher Drake match more than any other match Thatcher wrestled the entire weekend. And you know uh there the the, the Ray Horace uh little Cholo opener I thought was the perfect opener. It was a, a hot little three star opener with nothing but moves and flips, which is exactly what you want to do in an opener with with two guys like that. So there were there was stuff that I liked on night one. Would I recommend buying night one? No. I strongly recommend buying Night 2. Night 2, there's so much stuff to sink your teeth into, including the Thornstow matches, the two great Willie Mack matches, one of which I thought was arguably the best match of the weekend. And, you know, the Ultimo Dragon Juventud Guerrero match, everybody... Yeah, how did that end up? Well, yeah. everyone <laughs> ripped it, um, you know, who watched the show live, and I was expecting it to be a train wreck. I thought it was a perfectly acceptable little match. I don't know what people were expecting out of Ultimo Dragon and Juventud Guerrero. Maybe because I've been watching Ultimo Dragon be perfectly acceptable in all Japan and, 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 and look like a guy who, yeah, they, what did they want? 1998, like, like, come on, those are 20 years I ago, mean, they, they, over 20 years ago now. Yeah. Look, you're not going to get, they that. didn't look like old guys. They didn't look washed up, but it, I wasn't expecting a, a four-star match or a five-star classic. And they, and look, the stuff with Sonny Ono was stupid. But even that match, you, you're booking Sonny Ono. You, you don't think it's going to be like over the top and stupid? Like, yeah, but the I mean, Thornstow versus Luster and then uh, Thornstow versus that's the other thing. You know, I'm selling Willie Mack short here. He had three great matches on this show. He had the Ray Horace match. He had the, the, the Jeff Cobb match. And then he had the final against Thornstow, which was an excellent match. I mean, Willie Mack fucking killed it. On there you go. And last week you said you didn't get Willie and Mack. I, and then, listen, and that. It's changed. See, see, people say that I that I'm stubborn and I dig my heels in and I don't turn the corner on people and it's complete bullshit. That's total bullshit. I've turned the corner on plenty of people. You know who else I've turned the corner on? Rich, listen, how's this for a segue? C.J. Parker is the nice. guy that, Good I, segue. That, I, yeah. that I turned the corner on, and he was in the news this week. Why don't you go ahead? And tell he was absolutely. That's a, that, now you're the segue man. I'm not I am the you segue man. Those I, tell you, you, I tell you what, you can keep doing the show introduction <laughs> as long as you do. Well, the let segue. me handle the segues because you're... see the problem with that is though you'll never stop. You'll never move to a different topic. Like you, you talked about Thornstow for for like 45 minutes. So listen, that was a solid seven or eight minutes. I agree. <laughs> no, I, 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 I can be wordy. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not often described as pithy, but th- 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 listen, I, I, I did a nice King of Indies deal there and I got it, was, it there no, in about it seven, no, eight just... minutes. So that, <laughs> you can't rip me tonight. Not for that. I will not. No. And, and now I'm, I'm prolonging it by mentioning it. So here, yeah, CJ Parker, um, obviously if you, if you, you probably saw the news, but he, uh, decided to leave, uh, NXT WWE. Uh, and then he had a quick, there were some quotes in that I wanted to talk about in the observers, uh, uh, Parker, he was on the Inside the Ropes radio show. I, I, I'm not familiar with that particular radio show, but it sounds like a wrestling podcast because it's got a clever name to it. So, you know, it's got to be Chair Shots Radio or, you know, something like that. So anyway, he, he was on there um, and, and I thought this was kind of interesting. And I, I was kind of curious on your thoughts. And, and I sort of alluded to this a bit on Twitter earlier, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious what other people think as well. Uh, here's the quotes here real quick. Uh, it wasn't an overnight decision. I began to feel that I needed to get away from NXT for a while and broaden my horizons and earn my stripes. Get some experience all over the world over the past couple of years. I've seen uh, guys come in who are great friends of mine uh, that have made names for themselves all over the world, and then they come to NXT and you name it, the rest is history. They take off. They do great things. I want to say a lot of it. Uh, sorry, I, I want to say a lot of it is prior to the experience in NXT, and I want to go through that. I want to live out of a suitcase for a while. I want to wrestle in front of different types of crowds, and I want to try to get over all over the world. Start from the ground up. I finally said, I'm 25, and if I'm going to do it, I got to do it now. Very interesting there. So I, I, I'm. There's a few little nuggets in there that I thought were were 
And if you follow, you know, our friend Rovert on on Twitter, he's been kind of leading this charge, really shouting about it for a while. That and it's starting to become clear too, with Triple H mentioning that NXT is, you know, a new brand, and and here's these big shows we're going to do, and the the rumor of doing monthly, you know, specials that now, you know, that's that's gone back, and we're back doing, you know, quarterly specials, and we're touring all across the country, and we're doing all this sort of stuff. Develop, is developmental that, my ass was his right his at the heart of it. Yeah, at the heart of it, you know, NXT is meant to be a developmental territory and and i thought this in particular w- w- was interesting because we, we've mentioned it as well too you know nxt tv has gotten great in the past year and and none of that is a result of the performance center none of that is a result of the nxt development system it's a result of hiring prince devitt kenta <laughs> kevin steen el generico Pac. like you look at the top of that roster and every one of those guys that are really good in nxt that we all enjoy watching were really good before they came to nxt you can make the argument that oh well now they're be- I mean they're better at this they're you know they're more refined for the WWE style Wh- whatever those guys were great beforehand El Generico was the best babyface in the world for years Kenta was was Kenta was a goddamn superstar in what two thousand five yeah in this country you know on the in- right. on the indie level absolutely right I mean like a big deal on Ring of Honor yeah like in, yeah he was drawing he was selling <laughs> out on the- Hammerstein Ballroom and you know. Right, what was that, 05, yeah, Ring of Honor. Right. So, yeah, all those, all, was it a all the way later? right up to 2009 against Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. So. so you got that guy, you got, you know, a, a, a Pac who, maybe not on the same level, but, you know, made a, a very big name for himself, you know, on DGUSA and that sort of and stuff. Dragon, and all across and the Dragon world. Gate Japan, he was a right. tremendous run right before he signed. You know, Kevin Steen, that, that you know, speaks for itself. That was a guy who was, who was a leader, you know, top star in Ring of Honor for, for years. And, and we look at that and we look at a guy like a CJ Parker. And I thought this was particularly interesting that he was so open about that is saying, look, the way to get success is to leave NXT, go do something else overseas, make a name for yourself there and then come back. To me, that's a huge I mean, this quote in particular is a huge indictment of what NXT is supposed to be and, and, and what it really is. In general, where a guy feels the need that if I want to get ahead, I need to go somewhere else. I can't, you know, not not somewhere else within the context of NXT. Not that I, you know, and, and maybe we can talk about that in a little bit. He has to completely distance himself from that with the goal that he's going to come back. He's saying point blank, I want to come back, but I need to get better now. So I'm going to leave. Yeah, it's um, I, I, personally, I think it's a brilliant decision on his part. And I think it really – he really showed some guts, and he's doing the right thing because he's absolutely right. He looked at the lay of the land, and he looked at the landscape, and he saw all the things that you just talked about. If you want to get ahead in NXT now, you got to have a name coming in because that's that's what it is. It's not a developmental territory anymore. It's its own little it, – it's, it's, it's its own territory with its it, – it's a subsidiary of WWE, which is its own. Ter- it's 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 not being used for developmental purposes anymore. And and he saw the lay of the land, and he said, "Look, I'm, I got to go make a name for myself, and get this company to notice me all over again." <laughs> like that's like and, yeah, and that that's, that's what he's saying. Yeah. and he's absolutely right. And he's like, "Look, he's looking around at who's getting pushed, and he's putting two and two together. What's the common denominator?" They all toured the world and got and, and were great and were already world class and among the best wrestlers in the world when they got here. Right. And he and he took a look at himself and said, I'm not. Or he took a look at himself and said, I know I can go with those guys, but I don't have the reputation. So now I need the reputation to go along with it. So it's one of those two things. Either way, 
he knows he has to go outside the company to prove himself to the company, which is patently absurd. But that's they've kind of boxed themselves in that corner. Yeah. And he had the guts to 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 say to, to kind of be the first one to to say, to say yeah. I, I gotta get <laughs> out of here. You you right. gave me a dead end gimmick. He's got a tired dead end gimmick dead end gimmick from the previous era of NXT that we used to talk about all the time. It was wrestling is WWE. It was like right. a, the silly Chikara bullshit that is doomed to fail if you eventually make it to the main roster. And we've seen it happen time and time again. That gimmick was a complete dead end gimmick. And he knew it. And and he saw the lay of the land. And he, he's pressing the restart button on himself. And like he said, at the age of 25, he's got plenty of time. Yep. But he couldn't have waited much longer. He couldn't have sat around for another two years. And then you're into your late 20s. And you know you're still doing TV jobs. You know then then you're, you're then you're stuck. So he's going out. And he's going to try to prove. We've heard that he's trying to get into New Japan. The guy obviously knows what's going on. Uh, you know he knows the landscape. So he's a guy who gets it. And he immediately he's, t- he's got he's got some bookings this weekend. I, yeah, doing CCW. I got a um, lot of respect for this guy because that yeah. took a lot of guts. And I think he's very smart. He's obviously very smart. And and he sees. That the homegrown guys, and look, he was an indie guy before, not a big name indie guy, but you know, he's not a street hire. He was an indie guy, but yeah, he did some local stuff around around my area, around Chicago, AEW, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah but he's he's not like one of these strictly off the you know off the street NXT people. He did a little bit. He's an in betweener because he does have yeah, some indie experience, but he was by no means an indie name. Very quick, yeah. It was it was a quick pickup. So you know, he he's he's he he's he sees the landscape. He sees what you need to do to succeed, and um, he, you know, he's probably frustrated that because look, he was he was much more of a presence on television, and even was getting a semblance of a push before all these guys showed up. He was on TV, he was on TV almost every week, and then all these guys showed up, and he not only you know slipped into sort of an enhancement role, but then he just stopped being on TV. Period. Mm-hmm. It's like the only time you saw the guy was 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 when he put over Kevin Owens on his yeah, right. debut. Was like he would come on the specials and and whoever was the big guy that was you know he would he would get destroyed by him. Yeah, so I mean you know I I think this showed a lot of guts and he strikes me as a very intelligent guy who who understands what's going on around him and I give him a lot of credit and you know hopefully they you know don't punish him for that. And if he does uh, improve and make a name for himself and do some interesting things while he's away, maybe I'm hoping that they do give him another chance because now I'm rooting for the guy. And we kind of turned the corner on him as a worker slowly, but surely when he sort of slipped into that, I thought the enhancement role was perfect for him because it really showed his strengths as a worker. Um, and, and I really didn't like him at all when he was, you know, when I, with my initial exposure to him, but as he started doing jobs, I was like, this guy's got something as a jobber. This guy has that Heath Slater kind of quality to him where he makes everybody he works with look like a million bucks. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that role on the main roster. I mean, it's a, we've talked about it a million times. That's a very valuable role, but that's not a role that young wrestlers aspire to. Not a 25 year old. Yeah. No. He, he, so you, you don't want that role. Look, you'll t- at the end of the day, when you look back on your career, if you spent 12 years in WWE and made a lot of money and, and are living a comfortable life and that was your, your, your slot, you'll take it. But when you're 25 years old, 
you know, you're dreaming a main event in WrestleMania. And he clearly understands and was smart enough and savvy enough to understand that he was clearly not on that path. Um, right. You know, he, he was on the, the quick path to being future endeavored anyway at, at the rate he was going. And, you know, they're only going to sign. It's like we've been talking about, like, you know, Samoa Joe's coming. Uha Nation is coming. Yeah. Uh, ACH. The Briscoes coming. are coming. You know, Adam Cole is probably coming. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know so and, and he and he's not, you know, he obviously realizes that. And it's only going to get harder for these homegrowns and for these in-betweeners who kind of, you know, it's 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 uh. Tyler Breeze, again, kind of an in-betweener. You know, he he got, was trained by Lance Storm, and he spent a lot of time on the Canadian indie scene. But he was not signed because he was an indie name. Uh, you know, he was signed, uh, you know, for other reasons, you know, for his look or, or, or whatever it was. But I'll tell you what, the reason that, may, you know, the reason that he maybe has been able to break through where some of these other guys hasn't is because of the solid training he had before he got there. And because he cut his teeth on that Canadian indie scene, even though nobody, you know, even though it might've been in front of 20 people a night, he was working shows, uh, you know, for two or three, four years or whatever it was before right. he got there. So, you know, that's the kind of guy who even has a, you know, you might have a prayer of breaking through, um, you know, Sasha Banks is another one. You know, same kind of situation. She came from the indie scene. Um, you know, to my knowledge, she was not one of these big name shimmer wrestlers or anything like that. And but she had that experience working uh, indie shows for a couple of years and she legitimately loves wrestling. So she was able to uh, buck the odds and break through. These people signed off the street who know nothing about the wrestling business and are brought in because they're great athletes or whatever. It's going to be nearly impossible for them to break through in yeah. this current climate because they're starting from ground zero. They don't have three or four years of indie experience to work off of. They don't understand the business because they weren't fans and they don't love it. Um, I listen, I don't know if Tyler Breeze, you know, but to me, if he went to, to Lance Storm School, chances are he was a wrestling fan. How else would he, you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird school to go to if you were just kind of, yeah, I don't know if I would go to Lance Storm's school. <laughs> I was just, you know, a nobody. It's going to be so hard for these street people. Yeah. Through and, and that circles all the way back to your point and Rovert's point. It's not developmental anymore. It's not a developmental show. Which and, and to be fair, we're not. I'm not necessarily complaining no, about that because it's a very good product. Enter- NXT is a great. You got to separate the entertainment from the business. From an entertainment perspective, we love NXT. I have look for, for, when I plop my ass down on Wednesday nights to watch NXT, and when I sit down to watch those specials, I'm glad that they go to route there from an entertainment perspective, but. From a from a business perspective, from how they're you know all this money they spent on the performance center, they're not getting any results because what they've built is an indie all star show, and mm-hmm. and it's this has sort of become a Triple H vanity project. I mean, let's call it what it is. This is Triple H patting himself on the back, saying that he could put together and book a better product than his father in law. I mean, that's really what it's become, and he is proving that point. He's succeeding. He is booking and producing a better product than his father in law by far, but I mean. At, at what cost? You know, you're stunting the growth and development of the people on the roster, of, of the people who need it on the roster. These guys in NXT, we all know they don't need to be there. They never need to be. They needed to be there for a month to learn how to not look at a camera and which turnbuckle to stand on. Right, from, and and and, a, and Finn Balor had to learn how to react to his entrance music when the when the music hits at certain points. The end. Okay, you're done. Yeah, Good. I Go. mean, the, <laughs> the, the, Sami Zayn had he had need to be there for a year. I mean, he could have been gone a year ago. Finn Balor could have been up by now. Um, you know, it's pretty obvious Kevin Owens could be up by now. All these guys, you don't need to be there. It, it's 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 it's. But they're keeping him there because now it's Triple H's vanity project and. From that perspective, look, 
I know it's only been, it, we, we may not have seen the fruit. We may not have seen the results anyway if it was structured differently because it's still, you know, what, two years old or whatever it is. But let's face it. The, the, the performance center at this point has been a bust. It has yep. not produced. Uh, it hasn't even put people on the roster, let alone produced future superstars, future drawing cards. Forget that. They can't even get anybody. Forget the main roster. The performance center can't get anybody yeah. on NXT TV. Your best guy is Baron Corbin right now, is your uh, representative of the success of the performance center. And if he wasn't six foot eight, he wouldn't be on TV either. Yeah, and the crowd hates him, Baron and he has no reaction to the and crowd. And he stinks. Whatsoever. Baron Corbin stinks. Yeah. He's on TV because he's six eight. He has no presence. He has no charisma. And if and, and if he could work, he wouldn't be in thirty second matches every night. Don't fool yourself. Do not fool yourself. If he could work, he wouldn't be working thirty second matches. Okay, even Bull Dempsey. Bull Dempsey's another one. You, you can't. That guy was an indie worker forever in, in the Northeast, in, in from my neck of the woods, New Jersey, New York. Smith James. He was awful. Okay, he might be the best thing the Performance Center's ever done because I thought he'd fail and never get on TV, and he's actually pretty decent. Well, we could argue about that. I think he's pretty decent. You still think he stinks? He's okay. But I mean, you know, it's like he's a, he's another <laughs> guy though. Again, he worked the Indies forever. He didn't come in with a superstar pedigree. But, you know, it's hard to chalk him up to the Performance Center either. When, you know, it's, it's, who have, they, you know. Yeah, you look at the other two graduates, you know, you know, you look at the Lucha Dragons or whatever. Callisto is another one. And Callisto, who, who was, who was great. I saw Callisto in 2010. And I, if you remember, we were just kind of starting this website. I think one of our first podcasts was I had just gotten back from a DGUSA show. And I said, that guy, if they signed him, would be the next, you know, they could, that guy could sell so many masks and be a big star. Absolutely. In WWE, because I, he's got the charisma, he's got the look, and he's got a sweet mask. He's ready as to go. As soon as we saw him, we said, that guy's destined for WWE. It, yeah. did, it did not take a savvy uh, uh, talent evaluator with a crystal ball to sign that guy. Give me a fucking break. Everybody knew he was great. And his, his partner has been a well-traveled, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, I don't solid think veteran wrestler yeah. for, for 15 years. I don't think 30, 32-year-old Hunico counts as AR. He's, he's, he's probably older. He's yeah, 34. Mid to late 30s. He's, he's yeah. like 37 <laughs> or 38 years old. The guy's been a solid wrestler forever. Everywhere he's been, he's been a solid professional. So it's like, you know, it's it's where are the where are the success stories? And, and you know, it's been two years. We should at least be at the point where we're seeing – people start to emerge and the only one we're seeing is Charlotte. Who else is there besides Charlotte who you can say you can definitively credit that performance center for? I, who else is there? Yeah. You got Charlotte. Um, <laughs> Enzo Amore probably doesn't count. I mean, he, you know, as a, you should, <laughs> as a personality. And I mean, you know, it's, as a... I, 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 who, and, and the fact of the matter is, these people who can't, they're not going to get better because they can't get booked because it's not that they're not even not working on TV. They're not working the house shows either. Right. The live events are, are essentially NXT special trainees like, like, like WWE house shows are like, let's get ready for the, the, the upcoming pay-per-view. So let's run through our special. Yeah, the, yeah let's run through our pay-per-view match. They worked out their four-way match on the house show loop. Right. They didn't, they didn't put Sasha Banks in there with someone who hasn't debuted on TV yet. And and why didn't they? You know, they could have done that on the whole loop to give that person a little bit of experience working with someone who's good. You know, stick someone in there with with Sami Zayn who hasn't gotten the TV yet, and let them work with Sami Zayn all over the house. Who cares? No one's gonna see it. I mean, that's it, it, do something. There's no developmental going on in developmental, and it's good for us as viewers. 
it's bad for the, for what they're trying to accomplish down there. And look, if they wanted to piss their money away and build that performance center so that they can sign people who were already awesome and already <laughs> among the best in the world. So you can make Kevin Steen do 100 burpees before you decide to sign him, then okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If they, if you want to get off on, on making these guys, you know, if you want to try to mentally break people and you get off on that, but they were already great. I mean, you're not making anybody great there. It's, it's kind of silly in my opinion. Um, it, 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 they've kind of gone overboard with it. So CJ Parker, I mean, I applaud him and I'm rooting for him now and, you know, I'll support what he does and I'll check him out. And, um, you know, and, and I think he showed a lot of guts and I think a lot of people down there need to take a hard look at themselves and say, is this maybe the route I need to try too? Because I'm going nowhere fast here. It's a lot of these people have to feel like they're in quicksand. What, what sort of solution? Because I think that would be the next step. And I, I'm actually planning on writing an article here in the next few days about it. I mean, what would you do as a solution to sort of help this? I mean, do you, do you almost need another company now to like to write? I, I, I don't. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, do you need a, a developmental brand now for NXT? It's crazy. It's like people have thing, joked but... about it, but you need developmental for developmental now. Yeah. I really think you do. I think NXT, the ship is safe. You can't go back. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. No, you can't. Now we can't go back to, you, you know, squash matches with, with two, you know, Scott Dawson versus, you know, Angelo Dawkins cannot, cannot, ha- you know, nobody can, nobody's going to stand that. They've anymore. gone down this path and, and they, and they're, they're going to try to fill thousand seat buildings. You can't go backwards now. So they've kind of boxed them, boxed themselves into a corner. I think another idea that has been kicked around is they really, what they, you know, if they're going to, if NXT is going to be a touring brand, that's fine, and you can tour with your indie superstars, and Triple H can get off on his vanity project, and that's all well and good, and we can all enjoy it, and we can all love it. But what they need to do is keep doing those local shows in Florida, but let the damn people who need the work work them. Right. You know, if you're going to keep working the 150-seat you know, high school gyms, at least use those shows for the people who need the work experience in front of crowds. And, you know – that's something that they realistically could implement and something that they can realistically do. And why aren't the trainers get, why can't uh, Robbie Brookside or, or William Regal get in there and work with these guys on these shows? Why can't they have matches with Fuller Yeah, Norman Matt? Smiley get why in there and Sarah, stretch a guy. Yeah, yeah. Why isn't Sarah Del Rey having matches with these people on these little shows that no one's going to see? They're going to, that's how you get, you make people better. Get get in the ring with get, Sarah Del Rey can't get in there and work a nine minute match with with Dana Brooke. What what you know what harm would that do on a show in front of seventy five people in in you know in some Gulf city in Florida? Who cares? Get in there and do it. Get Norman Smiley in there. You know whoever else is hanging around. They got plenty of experienced people who can teach you. You know that's something they can realistically implement and that they should implement. You know unrealistically they should take a hard look at the decision cj parker made and and maybe consider excursions but they're yeah, never going to do absolutely. that because the company mindset that's not that is <laughs> no one else exists and our way is the only way that works and we're not going to put our people into anybody else's hands because everybody else is so far beneath right. us but which is it's funny given yeah how the roster is booked <laughs> the nxt roster is booked where oh thank god you guys are all good because you've gone other places thank you now here you go and you don't think these foreign companies would jump at the chance to have a working agreement with w oh my god yeah you don't think they can approach any company in japan and we'll just use new japan as the example but it doesn't even have to be new japan and you know you say look we're going to send you Baron Corbin for six months. No 
Noah would make Baron Corbin the biggest star in their freaking company. Develop the guy for us. Do yeah, all Japan would, would be licking their chops yeah, to get Baron Corbin. Whatever in. the case may be, any of these companies. And then you send back, you know, Komatsu and Tanaka to work for us for six months, and we can show them, and they can do some. We can maybe show them a little, per, you know, what we do well, show them how to exude some personality. You know, you, you work off of each other. That's the point of learning. They're called learning excursions for a reason. You know, New Japan sent one. I mean, you don't even need to go overseas, I don't think. I don't think it's a big deal to say, hey, AEW, or hey, you know, <laughs> Inspire, here's this guy. You know, can we, you know, let's, we'll grab one of your guys for a bit. Or I mean, I don't think there's anything and, wrong with and, that and either. guess think... what? You don't have to pay them. Right. Hey, hey, listen, AEW, you guys run once a month. We want you to book CJ Parker on your next eight shows. Same thing with you, Dreamwave. Same thing with you, whoever else. And and it, he's free of charge. Just let him right. work. We're paying him. So let him work. And go visit jobs. his family too, because he's from this area. Yeah, we're so, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It's like think outside the box. You know, it's 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 because what they're doing now, these people aren't getting any experience, and they're not getting any better. And it, it's going to be impossible for them to do so. Just go into that. There's a big you know, like you can go to that gym. And you could roll around in the ring for eight hours a day and you can watch your tapes and you can do your weight training and you could do your cardio and all that stuff's well and good. But they got to get in front of crowds and they got to work in front of crowds yeah. and they have to bomb and they have to do well and they have to try different scenarios and they have to go out there and learn like all of these people who are ahead of them in the pecking order already did. And what C.J. Parker is smart enough to go do. Yeah, so I, I, I really want to talk because I don't think enough people sort of – it was kind of haphazardly and everyone's kind of, ha CJ Parker, you know, whatever. I don't think enough people were really looking at a lot of the motivations and what he did. And I, and I want to bring light to that and I hope, you know, on this people kind of think about it. And like I said, I'm going to write an article – you know, I'm planning on writing an article too. Not a real long one, but just because just I think it's a big deal. I don't think people are making I, enough – Rich, I think this is the first guy to, to really – dead on. I think it's embarrassing for the company, honestly. Yeah, it, it's it, and some people have been confused on Twitter and say, "Oh, what are you saying? You know, why are you criticizing CJ?" For uh, I'm not criticizing him at all. I think he made the right choice, and 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 people, you know, oh, you don't think NXT is a great development? I I don't think no, it don't is. Think it's, it's really it's not. I mean, this, this is a clear indictment. A 25 year old guy who has said the way that I get back and get over in this company is to leave developmental and then get noticed doing something else and then come back and then I'm fine. Like that that to me is not good. 25 years old and you have to come to that realization that you know what? Look. I got to get out of here if I'm ever going to make it in this company. It, Think about that. It's really hard to argue that developmental is, has done a good job since the piece, since the performance center rule. If we're missing somebody, let us know. I mean, if, 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 if Blake and Murphy are your Blake and Murphy and Baron Corbin are our examples, then okay. But for all the, you know, aha, Johnny Ace, you know, oh, FCW and deep South and all that sort of stuff. NXT's not developing anybody either. You, you might be able to argue promos. Yeah. Um, we don't know what kind of promo Sami Zayn was, obviously. Um, you kind of almost have to give them credit for his promos, right? Because, I mean, he never he never cut one. I guess, yeah. But, I mean, who knows? He might have had it in him this whole time. They get no credit for anything Kevin Owens is doing. Kevin Owens no, he's doing the same character. Yeah. Same, same angle, same Just character. Without same the is, he's right. doing Kevin Steen without the profanity. No credit. Zero credit given. Um... You know, Neville's probably a far better promo than he was. You give him a little credit Certainly. for Neville. Um, I think you could even, I mean, no, I don't know. I think he's a better worker. I, do. I, I don't know, though, because the Dragon Gate run was really, really good. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think overall in the sense. But yeah, you know what? You, you, 
I, I see what you're saying, though. I mean, that he was I mean, fantastic in Dragon Gate. I, I would argue he was better in Dragon Gate than he is than he was in NXT. But I but I would also say he was better in NXT than he was in other places because he bombed in mm-hmm. a lot of places, too. Notor- notoriously bombed in Ring of Honor. I was there. It was ugly. They didn't invite him back. Um, so, I mean, you want to give NXT credit for promos? You could probably do that. Hideo Itami, I think, has regressed <laughs> a lot. I mean, that that I don't think that's a, a real hot take either. That He's starting to find himself a little bit yeah, now, but yeah. it, it took a while. I mean, he that was a guy been, who... He has regressed, there's no doubt. Um, I mean, there's might be more 10 years ago, the guy was a superstar and now he's, you know, just a guy. You so, want to give him credit for Tyler Breeze? Go ahead. I, I can accept that one, too. Um, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I'm an expert on his work in Western Canada. But um, I mean, it, it, it's it, overall, you can't call it a success. Their developmental system is not a success yeah, right, right now. And, 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 and it's, it's, you know, it's not even a developmental system anymore. So. Hey, they've they've really boxed themselves into a corner, but uh, that doesn't mean I'm not going to be there on the next special going nuts. Oh yeah, no, I I, I love it. It's, it's, it's going out of my it's way. The best to make hour sure of TV it. going, so it's, you know, ninety minutes or whatever they are. You know, what are they? Two hours? Those specials? Or t- oh, those are two hours. Yeah, those guys are. I mean, you know, it's but but we got to be honest about it. They're 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 it's just they're in a scary place right now. And and for all the you know the 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 the, the talk, it's like. Um, Dave Meltzer made made a point that 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 I've been making on this show. It's like, you know, New Japan churns out far less trainees, but their success rate with their trainees is as is, is a lot higher. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a much better job with the few trainees they have, um, in, in in terms of, of of fitting into a role. And 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 and, and I mean, you look at Komatsu Tanaka and Jay White, and you're looking at three guys who. Yeah, they need to get Watanabe back though as soon as possible because that's just, well. From what I understand, it's going to be he's gone for the whole year again. Oh, so it's going to be and and Cubs fan. Please move him somewhere else. Cubs fan tells us that Takahashi's there until the middle of 2016 too. Yeah. So, so we're not going to see those guys come back for a while. Um, you know, like, poor Watanabe. And, and somebody book me, please. I mean, you know, he's. He's 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 getting booked a little bit more now. The fact of the matter is, you know, somebody told me somebody who spoke to him told me that they told him to do two things when he came over here, gain weight and learn English. Those were the two things he was instructed to do when he came here. He was not instructed the booking part. they, They don't even care whether he gets booked or not. That's on him to get booked. They wanted him to gain weight. And they want him to learn English. Those are the two most important things that they want him to do. And that's from someone who spoke directly to him. So those were his directives. Now, I don't know if it's that people don't want to book him. I don't know if it's that um, he's not working hard to be booked. I can tell you that um, the impression I got when I was in the same room with the guy was that he badly wants to be booked because he was seeking advice from people. People were trying to help him out. Um uh, Chris Hero was giving him phone numbers right in front of me. I mean, I, I saw it with my own eyes. Call this guy. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say what promoters because some of them have booked him and some haven't. And I don't want to make it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't want to say he gave him this guy's phone number and then people will know that that guy didn't book him. And then I don't want to make it look like that promoter. You know what I mean? I don't want it. But I, I that happened right in front of my eyes. I saw it. The the interaction occur. So. I, I, the guy wants to, I think he wants to get booked, but you never know. I mean, maybe he just likes chilling in Sumi Sakai's basement and, <laughs> New Jersey, and, yeah. and hanging out in New Jersey. And I, I don't know, but he has gained weight. 
I don't know how much English he's learned. And the matches that I've seen, look, I saw him have a match with Andy Dalton and Inspire. That was a legitimate four-star match. And, you know, they played that on that. What was that gimmick that the Indy did? The Raw Alternative or whatever? Yeah, their, their Alternative or whatever. And that, that match got over tremendously with people who watched it. So when, you know, he, he, I, I don't know that he has superstar potential, but he definitely has the potential to be, you know, a middle-of-the-card heavyweight who, who can do some nice things. And, you know, the three guys they have there now, obviously, the, the, the upside is unlimited. I mean, who in NXT – who, th- who you know, is homegrown, has the kind of upside that those three guys have. It's nobody, not even close. Not even close to Komatsu, Tanaka, and, and Jay yeah, White. No. I mean, Jay White, if he walked into NXT right now, you know, he'd be right there with those guys. He, he could work competent matches with all those guys that we were just talking about right now. I mean, he looks great. I mean, he's doing it in New Japan. I don't know where, how the fuck they found that guy. That might be the best thing Bad Luck Folly has ever. Yeah, about. I don't know. Yeah, that that will. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll talk about Bad Luck Folly, but you know we were gonna we're doing some good things lately. But yeah, that that's uh that that should go some extra. You get some extra bonus on your your check for that one. That's uh it's a good find. We were gonna. Yeah, that nobody knew about. I mean, remember the first time we saw him and then people spent nine hours like tweeting at random New Zealand wrestlers to be like, are you this guy? Like, Not people, Rich. Me. You. <laughs> yeah, you and Rovert are like, I think it's this guy. And, and, and then and, like, uh, hey, dude, are you on New Japan? Wait, what? Who? Me, like, oh, sorry. Me and Rovert and David Penton and... Uh, yeah, are just messaging random New Zealand wrestlers we, we asking worked, who they are. We worked tirelessly. Uh, I was... <laughs> I woke up that next morning and I was like, what did these assholes do all night? It's just... Hitting up wrestlers. Sending direct messages to, to, to random New Zealand wrestlers. To, to, not even just new, to New Japan wrestlers and, and people we knew, trying to figure out who... Who is he? <laughs> Tell us. No one knew who he was. And within, you know, five minutes of the guy's first match, you're like, wow, well, you could see why this guy got through, was the only guy to get through that New Zealand tryout they had in December. Yeah. A bunch of guys tried out, and he's the only one who made it, and, and we could see why. I mean, it just goes to show, you never know what kind of wrestling talent is out there. You know, there's wrestling talent everywhere. This idea that the indies are, there's no new generation of indies, bullshit. It's just, they're not exposed. There's great indie wrestlers everywhere. Every, 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 every city, every, uh, every territory, every state, you know, has a guy who kills it, but no one sees him. They're out there. There's Jay Whites all over the place. You know, it's just, it's just a matter of, you know, someone's got to get eyeballs on them. So we were going to lead this show off with invasion attack. Yeah, but I think that was a good time. And we've been doing uh, an hour and a <laughs> half of, of of just rambling radio, and we haven't even touched on Invasion Attack. We really need to get to Invasion Attack. Let's do it. Because that we're burying the lead, so to speak, because this is the top story of the week, and we did an hour and a half before we got to it. About T.J. Parker, which <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people, lots of New Japan fans that listen are going to probably be a little upset that it took this long. But hey, you know what? Too bad. You you come here for the whole buffet, right? Timestamps. You know what you get. Yeah, wait for wait for the Gagney timestamps if you want. But yeah, Invasion Attack. Um, we'll get into it right now. Kind of break down each match. Um, you had a review on the website. Uh, obviously you had some issues with New Japan World, but you know otherwise I watched the VOD. The VOD is fine. Everything's good on that respect. This is the first. I think the most the first publicized real New Japan issues, and they they said it was an outside hacker that did it. So it's it's one of those ones where you know if it happens all the time, you can kind of roll your eyes. But I I, I think it's a legit issue because they were real upfront about hey we're really sorry you know that we we you know. There was notices all over the website, the immediate after. So I, for people that are kind of on the fence and, oh, no, this is going to happen every time, I would, I would safely assume it will not happen the this next time. This is the but. very first issue. And actually, 
as it was going on, they were helping people and saying, do not mm-hmm. hit refresh. If you hit refresh, you're dead. That's why I got booted out because I hit refresh. And, um, you know, I had problems with my stream. And then, um, you know, I, I, we had no one else who could review the show because um, I had committed to it. So pretty much everyone else was either went to bed or wasn't. So then I found myself a nice little I might I might have found an illegal stream. I, I might have done that. After, yeah, you pay for New Japan World. It's after okay. mine crashed, I, I might have found another way to watch. But then that person refreshed <laughs> that illegal stream. <laughs> no. So then, I, you know, I was like, ah, shit, I have to watch tomorrow now. So uh, the next morning, I, you know, New Japan World had the uh, um, the video on demand, you know, didn't give anybody any problems. And in fact, a lot of people, people who didn't hit refresh were able to watch the entire show start to finish. I had friends who I texted and said that the feed is before we knew what was going on. I said, what's going on? And they were like, no, I'm just watching the show. And I was like, well, don't hit refresh because that's the message I'm getting now on my screen says, you know, in broken English that don't hit refresh or you can't watch the show. So um, it did work for the people who'd never hit refresh. If you're impatient like me and you, you see a buffering wheel and you hit refresh, you were kicked out of the show, but uh, you know, finished it up the next day. And to me, this was a very good show. Enjoyed it a lot. I now see the tweet yep. with Louie. Yep, there he is. Yeah, and the Stardust uh, corresponding tweet. <laughs> I am going to vote. Now that I see the emojis, I my vote is good sport. Okay, yep, that's right. I at. think he's being a good sport. Um, are any of our whack job, insane, uncouth followers giving him a hard time? I hope not. No, no, no. Everyone's everyone's been respectful to him, okay. so we're good. All right. Um, once again, I'm bashing the listeners. Uh, <laughs> they're terrible people. Let's be honest. Um, they're all awful. They're as awful as we are. Yes. Um. So anyway, yeah, I thought it was a very good show. I thought there was yeah, there too. was three or four matches that were excellent, actually. And a lot of over delivering uh, on the show in a lot of ways, and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, that it. it one major match over delivered, turning it from a, what I thought was a really good card to a, to a really, really, really good card, which which I, I enjoyed it a lot. Well, let's not waste any time. I want to get right to the main event because. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll go to the back. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll break down the uh, Yuji Nagata, Captain New Japan, you know, 10 man tags. But, yeah, let, let's go to the main event. You first. know what happens a lot of times? And, and I was, you know, when we did our WrestleMania weekend preview show, I was very disappointed with that show. And the reason I was disappointed, because I listen to all the shows back, no matter how long they are, because I'm nuts. As soon as you upload them, I go back and listen to all four hours of the show. You're insane. But I, I'm, I, I, I go back, I listen, I take notes, and, and obviously none of them work because it never improves. But I, I'm being self-deprecating again. Obviously, I think that, you know we do a decent job here. But the fact of the matter is I hated that WrestleMania weekend preview show because we clearly ran out of gas – by the time we got to WrestleMania and yeah, it's right. like, that's what people want to, you know, that that's it's fucking WrestleMania. And we were out of gas and we had no energy left. And I think we do a good job somehow maintaining our energy levels, despite the length of these things. I really do think for the most part we do, but that show we ran out of gas and we really mailed in that WrestleMania preview. And, Agreed. and, you know, I think we have to stop doing what we just did and burying the lead all the time. We need to just talk about it. this. Is what people want to hear about? No one wants to hear about the ten man tag that opened the show. They want to hear about AJ Styles and Kota Ibushi and the tremendous angle uh, that 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 capped off the match. Now I was higher on the match than you were, and mm-hmm. this match has been all over the board in terms of uh, people's opinions on the match. We'll get to the rest later. 
Well, in terms of the match, bell to bell, I had four and a quarter. I think you had three and three quarter or three and a half or somewhere. Yeah, I had three and three quarter. Three and three quarter. Uh, We crowdsourced. We had a lot of people that had about – it really topped off around where I was, about four and a quarter. Most people fell around three three and three quarter for your range for the most part. Basically, that's all the same anyway. We're only half a star apart. Um, Dave Meltzer had it four and three quarters. Um, this is a classic Dave Meltzer overrating, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but that's not to say, look, I had it four, uh, four and a quarter. I thought it was a great match. I didn't think it was a match of the year caliber match. I didn't think it was one of the five best matches I've seen this year like Dave did. But, um, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. And I think people just get too wrapped up in his ratings sometimes. And we're all guilty of it. And he's just one man. And he has his own taste, as everybody else does. And in reality... I'm only a half a star off from him. So, you know, who am I to bash him? I had four and a quarter. Um, the the biggest criticism of the match from a, a, a from a working perspective is a lot of people felt Kota Ibushi blew off um, the leg work, which sometimes that bothers me when, when wrestlers do that. Sometimes it doesn't. And people are going to accuse me of not being fair, but I look, I, I don't know why sometimes it bothers me and sometimes it doesn't. In this case, it didn't bother me. I can't explain it. Um, you know, sometimes I just chalk it up to, you know, styles work the leg. But you know what? Maybe it didn't fucking work. Right? Why? Why? Just because somebody works the leg, does that mean the strategy was effective? Maybe in mm-hmm. this case, the I got strategy you. wasn't effective. Or uh, uh, maybe in this case... Um, you know, I, I kind of lost my train of thought, but you, you kind of get the gist of it. It's yeah, it just didn't work in this case. And it, it, maybe it, it just wasn't a fact. And here's the I other thing: a bit of when a... people, oh, I'll get you. I'll let you go too. But I quickly want to get this in about the legwork. The other thing too that kind of annoys me sometimes: um, if 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 people are going to be so hypercritical about legwork in wrestling matches, then guys should just stop working the leg because. Just because your leg gets worked over, what are you supposed to do? Hop around on one leg the rest of the match? You still have to move around. I think people got to relax sometimes with, you know, the quote-unquote lack of selling of leg work. I mean, a wrestler, you know, you still have to run occasionally, even if you had your leg worked over. And sometimes it really is just enough to shake it out or be a little slow on a top rope maneuver. Or rather than – I don't know what people expect – uh, mm-hmm. when, when they see legwork, I like, I don't mind a little bit of a pause. Like sometimes you get those guys, they'll go to the top and they'll kind of pause for a minute. And then that's what, you know, makes them miss, you, you, yes. you know, whatever move they're doing. Rick, I, that, Rick, that's fine Rick for me. That, match that's... against um, Yamato is a perfect example. Yes. He didn't stop throwing kicks. He didn't stop coming off the top, but there were a couple instances where, you know, he, he, he was favoring his leg on the top and it caused him to miss the move. Like you're saying, or he would throw a kick and land the kick, but then he would sell the damage as well because he was kicking with a leg that was already damaged. Things like that. So not doing the classic, like Bret Hart hopping around and I can't, you know, like, yeah, the Bret <laughs> like Hart I can't or move. Yeah. That or, or TJ Perkins versus Bobby fish where he, he hopped around on the leg and sold the leg all the way throughout, which was a, which I thought was tremendous. But you're not always going to get that, and I don't think you always have to get that just because somebody worked the leg. Now, I can totally see why Abushi not selling the leg bothered people in this match, 
it just didn't bother me. And I, yeah, I, I don't know if it was that that that, that did it for me. It, for me, they're just I, I had a lot of trouble just getting into the the the, the big portions of them. I mean, the, the finish was fantastic. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, as far as like the middle of the match, it just nothing really hooked me. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just kind of the back and forth that they were doing, but it was just nothing. Which is weird because Ibushi, you know, all year I've just loved every minute of uh, just about every big match he's been in. This I didn't feel it, and I don't know if it was just because he was sort of working from the bottom, and it was just AJ doing the only offense, and and, and I mean, Abushi had his little bit, but it wasn't this. I really, I, I liked a lot of what Ibushi's done this year is do a lot of the really, really back and forth stuff, like being a big part of that. Like the Naito matches is, is a good example of that. The the, the Harashima one in, in DDT or whatever, where he's 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 blow for blow with a guy. I didn't feel like he was that at all here. I thought he was very much, you know, the second to, to AJ Styles. And if that's the story that they're trying to get over, and and and, and that's fine. I, I agree from a story standpoint, that's fine. But as a pure match standpoint, that's what kind of made it less than, you know, a match of the year contender. It just for didn't me, flow well for you. Yeah, and which is fine. I mean, I think the story that they were trying to get over, uh, it's fine, and it works for that. I thought of that as a, cool, this is a good little sort of preview of what's to come in a future Kota Ibushi AJ Styles match, but it wasn't the definitive AJ Styles Kota Ibushi match, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I clearly think they left some things on the table, and I think um, the, the pattern now in these AJ Styles matches is he works towards the calf cutter or the calf slicer, whatever he calls it, and the the Styles clash is sort of that that death knoll that he keeps in his holster yeah. that he could hit at any moment. And that's kind of the death blow that, that you don't, that you're constantly trying to avoid and fight out of, which I really loved about the match was Kota Ibushi constantly fighting out of the styles clash. Yeah. Like, and, and styles has been doing a, such a good job of that this year. He's, he's getting, he, he's finally harnessed how much, how powerful. And you know, we, we mentioned it, it unfortunately probably took a few guys getting, you know, broken necks or whatever, but he's gotten to the point now where even him hinting towards putting on this crowd screaming and the other guy can, I mean, it's, it's a, it's such an over move right now. It's crazy. What's great about it is he doesn't build towards the, 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 the mat. He doesn't build the matches around the styles clash. He builds them around the calf slicer and the styles mm -hmm. clash is just that, that, deadly move that that can come out of no he will throw it in in the beginning though I, I like that a little bit where he he tries to kind of do it right away and if it doesn't work right away okay fine then you know that's over and I'll, I'll worry about that later but he always tries that first five minutes or so it's like ah can I do it yeah because no, okay, no, no, no. he always catches guys in that but like like in this match he, he must have caught Abushi in it three times before he finally yeah. hit it at the end and each time Abushi fought his way out of it which were great little spots in the match the other thing is Abushi wrestled this match with a, you know the broken hand or whatever it was too which you have to look I'm a big believer in if you're going to get and I believe in the same thing in sports. If you're going to go on the field, you can't use it as an excuse. They, right. you, you're going to play. You're going to play. And he played with the broken hand and, and he performed well. But, it, you know, it's it it, 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 it it was obvious that it did change a few things. I, yeah. When you look at the strike, I mean, you look at a lot of what Abushi has done this year and it's been the awesome, you know, strike combos or whatever. And he, he wasn't able to do it nearly as much as he he did against Hiroshima, against you know Nakamura, all those guys. He wasn't able to do that. What I did love, aside from the spots where he had the fight out of the Styles Clash, I love that he teased that finish from the Hiroshima match. Where mm -hmm. he, you know, were giving that uh, belly to back suplex from the middle portion of the ropes. I like that they went to that tease and they recognized the fact that that was a big spot from the Hiroshima match. Who you're calling Hiroshima? Now I'm doubting myself. What's the guy's? Oh, name? I don't know what it is. Yeah, I this don't know. This is another name that one of us is botching. It's either Hiroshima or Hiroshima. Yeah. We're awful with these names. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of there was just a lot that I liked about it, and I'll tell you what really put the match over the top for me. The finish was brilliant. I mean, the finish was just straight up brilliant. This is, you know, one of the best finishes you're going to see all year. This sort of was 
the opposite of the Lesnar uh, Reigns match where I thought the finish sort of took the match down a notch and hurt it for me. This was a match where the finish propelled the match to another level for me because, um, you know, Kota Ibushi going to the top for the Stardust Press, which presumably would have ended the match and won him the title. Kenny Omega hops on the apron, but he doesn't go after Ibushi. Mm -hmm. He just gives him a look where he's unsure of himself. He doesn't know what to do here. He's torn. And Ibushi looks at him and what, you know, a lot of people are throwing roses at Omega and believe me, Omega was awesome. In this entire, there was Omega couldn't have been any better. Uh, yeah. In in this scenario, I'll talk about him in a little bit. Yeah. I, I have a lot. He of couldn't thoughts have been on any him, better. But what people are overlooking is Abushi. He kind of looked at Omega and and give the New Japan camera work a lot of credit too, and whoever the director was, because he caught like, the essence of this perfectly. Omega Obushi looks over and then he kind of just shook his head, like you know, right. what? fuck you, I'm, yeah. I'm not waiting yeah, for right. you anymore. I'm just, I, I have a match to win here. He goes for the Stardust Press, and he gets caught in midair in the Styles class position. Rich, I don't think people are appreciating how difficult that was to pull off. It's not easy. Spot. Yeah, There's a lot of momentum going uh, opposite direction when you're doing He's that. Yeah, that's, that's not different easy. directions. And here's the other key. The, the, the camera gave you no hint that Styles was on his feet. Until they switched, you always talk about how what a great job New Japan does. They do, they do a fantastic. From from a person who who really looks at production, and and you mentioned it too about the being able to catch Omega's face, being able to catch Ibushi's face, being able to catch that you didn't know. I mean, they're they're so good at that. Yeah, and it's it's and 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 you see him, you know, leap off of the Stars Press, and then then they cut to Styles who catches him in midair. They could have Rich if they would have blown that spot. Could you imagine how bad this match would have come off? Oh, yeah. He didn't catch him in midair. Yeah, if he falls so, down and falls yeah, on his neck. Yeah, because then what do they like do? Yeah. You can't redo the spot because you can't redo the dynamic of Omega and Ibushi. They've got to go to a completely different finish. Basically, Styles is just going to have to pick him up by the hair and pick him up and just do another Styles match, match. Yeah, right. totally blows just the suck. finish. Yeah. <laughs> An amazing finish. I, 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 this is one of the, the best finishes I've ever seen for a match when you consider all the layered storytelling that was going on and the complexity of the move that finished the match. So he gives them the Styles Clash. Styles and 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 Tama Tonga, they're celebrating in the Bullet Club and they're going nuts and everyone's upset because, you know, Styles clearly stole the victory. And Omega, how awesome was Omega here? He comes in the mm -hmm. ring with that slow clap and he's kind of looking at Ibushi and he's kind of looking at Styles and you see a man like holding back tears. You could tell he was, he was very, I, I wasn't sure if he was outwardly doing it, but it looked like he was crying. Like, like not like, not like bawling, but like, yeah, it, like his eyes were kind of walling up a little bit. And like, look, I know they were a team in new Japan at, 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 you know, various points, but let's face it. I'm not counting that. These yet. are all callback spots to their history and DDT. They were mentioning it too. If you heard the announcers, the too, announcers they, they, were screaming DDT, DDT yeah, were over saying, and over yeah. again. And, you know, you got to tip your hat to New Japan for being willing. Again, we just talked about how WWE likes to snub their nose at everyone and pretend they're the only thing that exists. And something like this here, it's it's where they're acknowledging. And, you know, this is what makes Zane and Owen so great. It's mm -hmm. a very similar dynamic. This is where you reward the the hardcore fan for paying attention. You reward the hardcore fan for devoting so many hours of their life to this. You reward the hardcore fan for paying uh, hard-earned money for these shows and devoting their time to this. And you're, you're paying them for years of history between these two guys. And it's so good. And you don't know where it's going to go. You don't know what Omega is thinking 
Who's he going to screw next time? Does he look? He was given Styles the the the, the fucking stink eye when Styles was up on the turnbuckle celebrating. It, you know, the official hands that little trophy to Omega, and if you noticed, Omega's just staring at the trophy mm-hmm. with a look on his face that was saying, "I can beat this guy. I can be the IWGP Heavyweight Champion." Why am I not in a position, AJ? And then he's looking up at Styles. And then when the camera cut to Styles and I heard the crowd go nuts for Okada, I thought Omega was going to be the one to attack. I thought Omega was going to be the one to attack him. I thought that's why the crowd was going nuts. That's how well that tease was. And of mm-hmm. course, it was Okada who comes in and kills everybody, the, you know, tacking on a great angle on top of another great angle, and uh, then just laying the belt on Styles, standing over his dead body. And after the definitive win over, this is Paul like prime, Heyman. prime Paul Heyman esque. Like, it really you get was. a this lot was of stuff so in there. It, good. You get four, like freaking four future matchups made in in in, in so many directions, and and standing over his body, and Okada's back. Okada is back. He beat Folly definitively. He comes in there and kills him. He puts the belt on Styles. He, you know, he's back to his old cocky ways. You know, he, he, his, his mental breakdown, his physical breakdown, it's over. He put that in the rear view. And, 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 and now he's back, and he wants his motherfucking title. And he's not going to be cocky this time the way he was against Tanahashi. He wants to earn it. And I can't wait for that match. And I hope it yeah. sells out that, that building in Osaka and blows the fucking roof off. Because it deserves well, it. Because it, it deserves yeah, it. Because what this company's doing is so great right now they deserve to sell that building out and i don't know what's going to happen with omega and abushi but it's going to be great no matter what it is i you know i suspect that he's going to turn on the bull club at some point but if he swerves and he doesn't that would be great too all i know is there's a million different directions right now and that and if you were a wrestling fan and you watched that match no matter what you thought of the match bell to bell and you watched that post-match stuff and that didn't get your blood running and that didn't get you excited to be a pro wrestling fan and that didn't get you excited and and, and you couldn't sleep that night after you watched that and if you weren't all pumped up to watch more wrestling after you saw those two angles, then I don't know what to say anymore. Because that was brilliant. Brilliant. Professional wrestling booking. Brilliant booking. Brilliant booking. And brilliant performances by every single person involved. Including including Tonga. Including the other uh, um, uh, goofballs in the Bullet Club. who were so, and, and AJ Styles. And Omega. And Ibushi. And Okada. And everybody. Too. The, the 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 bullet club guys too. I thought that was a nice touch because everybody but Omega they they were extra excited about it, like more than they would normally be. Like Tom and Tonga screaming and like jumping up and down and so just because it was such a good contrast to Kenny Omega, where if they were just kind of in the ring and doing like a you know a head nod or whatever, it wouldn't have been as subtle. You know, Kenny Omega's thing wouldn't have worked quite as well. But to have you know Tom and Tonga be the happiest person in the world because AJ Styles won was so perfect. But yeah, no, I I I thought in general and 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 we're kind of bouncing around a little bit here, but I thought Kenny Omega in a a lot of ways invasion attack was his breakout in exactly what we have sort of been waiting for what we knew he was capable of because he has a, he goes and has a great match with dorada calls out alex shelley now we already have another great match for him built up we know that he can go because the dorada match was was great and it really really good and we know him and shelley is going to be good and then he puts himself into this he's so good at doing his character work or whatever this was like exactly like in one night in in, in two hours basically we finally were like, okay, Kenny Omega is a real player. And now he's a guy that we're legitimately, he's been a talk. I mean, we've been talking about him a lot, you know, in terms of people on message boards, on Twitter, all that sort of stuff. He's the talk, he's one of the big talking points. And, and if you would have told me that three weeks ago, that after Invasion Attack, the guy would be talking about the most is Kenny Omega, I'd call you a, nut- a nutcase. He didn't, I think you're insane. He didn't come to this company to be a junior. Right. And that, that, that was very evident too, that this was like, okay, look, they, they, 
he knows what he's worth. New Japan knows what he's oh, worth, yeah. oh, and yeah. everybody's getting on board now, and it's it, it's very very cool to see. Don't don't, it, don't forget, don't forget, people, don't forget. Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi had a singles match that outdrew any non Tokyo Dome match and any non you know G one match that anybody in New Japan has ever in this era. New Japan has drawn. They know right. they put eleven thousand in, in Budokan. They so. they know what they were getting in Kenny Omega. They weren't getting a mid card junior. He didn't come here to be a junior. They didn't bring him in here to be a junior. They didn't bring Kenny Omega in here to be just another guy. I said this when they signed him. You said this when they signed him. He had those uh, very shaky matches. The, the, he overdid it with the character work. We were the first ones to admit it. I told people to be patient, though, because if, if, if he toned down the act, it would all work out. And it appears that he has toned down the act. There was none of the nonsense against Dorada. None of that. They just wrestled a great match like we knew they would be capable of doing. And let me tell you something. You said it on Twitter. Say it here. I don't even think it's controversial. I really don't. And I, I don't think pe- smart people think it's controversial either. Kenny Omega is going to be a huge star with New Japan. A huge yep. heavyweight star in the mix. In the mix. Here's another name. And again, this stupid, weird, unfair, crazy lack of basis narrative which I don't understand that this company desperately needs new. This company is loaded with potential stars. This company just elevated two new stars. This company has five legitimate drawing stars. No other company can say that. I'm not going to do that right all again. And here's another option that they have that they can flip the switch on at any time. And this is a switch that they're going to flip. We don't know if they're going to flip that Shibata switch. We don't know if if they're going to flip that Hanma switch. We don't know. This switch is getting flipped, and this is the start of it. This guy didn't come here to be a junior. They didn't bring him in here to be a junior. This guy, they brought him in here to be a star. He came here to be a star. He's another guy where he basically conceded it was now or never with his career. And, you know, he was never going to go back to WWE. It left a bad taste in his mouth. This is it for him. He likes Japan. He likes living there half the time. He went to New Japan for a reason. He could have stayed in DDT. He was office in DDT. He was a top star in DDT. He's making probably very you know, decent money in DDT. Very livable. But to make the big money in Japan, he knew where he had to go. He's there. He went there to be a top star. He didn't go there yeah. to be a junior fucking around doing chainsaws to Ryuchi Taguchi's head. That's not why he went there. Okay? That's how they got him in the door. But this guy, from day one, from day one, they had plans and intents on making him a top guy, and that's why he came there. And he's going to be a top guy. Mark my words. Kenny Omega is going to be a top guy, and he's going to draw money in New Japan. And a lot of people aren't going to want to hear that because they don't like Omega. But the fact of the matter is, and they don't like the way his run started, but that's clearly where this is going. And we told you how he signed. This guy's going to be a legitimate top star in that company. And you're absolutely right. We're going to look back at this show as the jump point to that. He's supremely talented. He can go bell to bell. When he's at the top of his game, he's he's top ten in the world. I I top ten in the world when he's on top of his game and he's not being a goofball. He's top ten in the world. I've seen it. Go back and watch the tapes. Go back and watch the the KO and D title matches he's had over the years with you know Abushi, the Generico, whoever it is. Go back and watch the All Japan Junior uh, title run that he had. And th- those string of matches that he had in 2011, and you tell me that this guy's a not top 10 worker in the world, and and he's a proven draw, and New Japan's not stupid. Another thing I'm tired of hearing on, hearing about, oh well, New Japan will never push these guys because they're not New Japan guys. 
bullshit. Did you listen to the commentary on this show that Richard was just talking about? DDT this, DDT that, DDT this. Yeah. D- they don't care. These guys are New Japan wrestlers. AJ Styles, now. WWE, WWE, or you know, TNA, 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 yeah, TNA. It doesn't matter. These are New Japan wrestlers now. This isn't the old school. This isn't Antonio Inoki running things. This isn't the 1970s. Right, yeah. This Giant Baba isn't restricting this these guys from, from leaving. Or, yeah. And I'm not even, right. you know, it's like, it's like, you can't say that anymore. If Kota Ibushi proves to be the biggest draw in the company, and I think at some point he will, he'll be pushed as the top star. What is it? You think that they care? Everyone, oh, well, he doesn't work the house shows. The Invasion Attack Tour, Kota Ibushi worked three shows on that tour. He worked the 5,000-seat building. He worked the Cork and Hall show, and he worked the pay-per-view. He sold out the Cork and Hall show and the pay-per-view, and they drew 5,100 fans in the, in the, in the 5,000-plus seat building, and he main evented all three shows. Do you think they give a flying fuck that he skipped the spot <laughs> right. shows to the villages that drew 700 fans in, in the basketball uh, gyms? Uh, do you think in the high school gyms with the basketball Yeah, we groups, probably didn't even record anyway. Do you but, think they yeah. give a flying fuck that he skipped those shows to work DDT shows? No, they don't. They had them for the three most important shows of the tour, and that's all that matters. And if you go back, go read our yearbook, which you can get. Can you still get it for free? You, Absolutely. You can get it for free. You can go buy it on Amazon. Go get our yearbook and read the passage that I wrote for Kota Ibushi. And I think you'll be surprised for the guy who supposedly is a part-timer. He worked, and despite missing a month and a half for a concussion. <laughs> right, a major concussion. He worked more New Japan matches than half the guys that you think are regulars. He worked more New Japan matches than half the guys on the roster anyway, despite the fact that everyone still calls him a DDT wrestler. And he is a DDT wrestler. He's their champion. He wrestles for both companies. And when you combine the matches that he worked for both companies last year, it's about the same amount of matches that Tanahashi, Nakamura, and Okada worked for New Japan. So he's not running himself thin. He's just working on, in two different rings. He's splitting his time. That's all. And if he can draw in both companies and be a top star in both companies, right. more power to him. And neither of the companies are going to stop doing it. I think that's the important thing that people have to realize, too, is that DDT doesn't care that a top New Japan star is at the top of their company. And I don't think New Japan cares that a top DDT guy is on it top of their company. Each, it helps each other. Yeah, why would you ever want to not do that? I mean, that's why we're so used to the American style where it's, oh, no, 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 no. Well, the you argument think DDT is, gives a fuck? Well, that's it's the like, thing. The argument is that the old school Japanese mentality. Well, shut up. Yeah, well, it's, it's not that it, anymore. It, so it's, it's stop. 2015. <laughs> right. He didn't come out of the New Japan dojo, but if he's, he's going to make yeah. the most money, he's the, I'm, I'm telling you they're going to push him. This Kidani is not old school. I think he's proven that. This guy has a giant set of balls. And, some, and there's been times where they've fallen on their face. The Yokohama Arena show is a good example. A half-filled Cebu Dome for the G1 final. They fall on their face. This guy's aggressive. He does things different. He brought Shibata and Sakuraba back when nobody else wanted them back. This guy does this. This Kidani plays under a different set of rules. Don't think for one second they're not going to push these guys because they didn't come out of their dojo. That's insane. That's, it, it's, this isn't 1994. We need to stop saying that because it's already – I mean it, I don't even know why that's even an argument anymore because who – AJ <laughs> like, Styles was the – That's yeah. what I mean. Like I mean we, we're, we're a year – almost a year and a half now into the AJ Styles well, thing. I, I think it's time to stop yeah, worrying say, about that. Well, devil's advocate. They'll say, well, he's a gaijin that's different. You, you could push a gaijin. But I, but, but it's still, it's an, it, it, I don't see this as being – because look at it this way. If they've gotten as far as they've gotten with the other three, I, I cannot I, – I fail to believe that if they think these other two guys can get them to another level, that they're, they're going to stunt that and hurt their own business because they didn't come out of their dojo. 
I don't, I just don't think that mentality is the case. I don't think that's going to be true anymore. And uh, you know, I think that this show was a clear test to see if Ibushi can draw, and he did. Right. And he did. And I think if they would have opened up all the sumo seating, they would have sold all eleven thousand seats. I really believe that because they sold this show out eleven days ahead of time. I'm pretty. I'm positive fifteen hundred people would have walked up in those eleven days. Mm-hmm. They would have sold fifteen hundred tickets in eleven days. They would have. Abushi's a, a, a huge superstar. That's all there is to it. So yeah, that's that's Alex Shelley. That's and the ladies. The ladies love him too. That was another note in the Observer. I don't know if you checked that out, but uh, they were talking about uh, a lot of just women without without boyfriends, without husbands, are just going to those shows. And you know that could be the difference, and that could be why this guy yeah. draws everybody else because right. they, you get to, you get two thousand women who just <laughs> love Kota Bushi. Hey, do it. Yeah. So I mean, you know, but I, I'll tell you, Rich, that main event had me had those angles. Had yeah, and well, I wanted to talk about Okada too, and that'll kind of get into the you know the semi main yeah. the Okada Bad Luck Folly. But I think just kind of skipping ahead, him, you know, not a spoiler alert that you know obviously he won you know beat Bad Luck Folly in, in a in match. We'll, we'll break that match in a little bit, but yeah, I thought it was interesting because we had all sort of said and we all kind of were disappointed that you know the Okada redemption story would be so much better if he beats Styles eventually. You remember in the build up to Wrestle Kingdom, we said ah you know he'll he'll beat Tanahashi and that'll be cool. But man, it would be so much cooler if he just beat. AJ Styles because that's where the all the the story began of his his fall. Well, <laughs> here we are. Yeah, in in July he will have his chance to redeem himself fully. And and it's one of those things that you always say where you got to be patient. A lot of times where we go, ah, that sucked. Why did you do that or whatever? And then it's like, oh, you know what? Hey, we had to wait, you know, four or five extra months for it. But man, it's gonna be rewarding if if Okada goes in there and wins. You know what I mean? And- then you really feel like you know what? Hey. We, we we lasted through it. It was a year of him building himself back up. It it, it works. The promos are going to be great. You know the build up and and it's gonna it's gonna reward you for 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 sticking with it and 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 it's being patient. The other thing is they clearly believe that AJ Styles is a made guy now and a legitimate drawing card because they're relying on AJ Styles to fill a big building that they haven't run in a long time. Yeah. So. Um, they're, they're going right back to Styles Okada, which was the match that didn't fill Yokohama. And it's a whole new dynamic now because it's post G1 Styles. It's, it's AJ Styles who has sold out Sumo Hall twice. Yeah. Styles is in the – look, at minimum, he's a complimentary guy who can be counted on not to hurt a main event when in there with the other four. Right, he can, go with, he can go with Nakamura. If you put a Nakamura, Styles, and Sumo Hall, I have pretty good confidence it would sell 9,000 seats. Any of the other plus. four. And he's done right. it with two of the four. Exactly. So why so would now, he do now it with we need Nakamura, and then, we'll, then we're good. <laughs> so, you know, it's... it's and and you, anyone who tries to argue with me that Kota Ibushi is not on the same level as the other three, I, I don't even have any tolerance for that anymore. And if, if you can, the only thing you can come at me at come at me with is that he's never drawn in the dome but the fact of the matter is he hasn't been given the opportunity he hasn't been there <laughs> you put and, him and in really, a dome main event and i'm i'm i am i mean are we not counting i mean i i think last year i think no nah, that was Tan- I, I mean, it's that was tanahashi and okada i mean it, it you know it's you, you you're looking at it in high look i'm not saying you know knock up no I'm, I'm with you but, but all the all the draw shit is all hindsight Everybody does that. Yeah, but I think you're looking well, at it. From, half the time people talk but about here's draws, the thing, all they're but using Abushi, is hindsight. Yeah, but Abushi came out of the match stronger than he went into it because I agree. But and and, and it, he was a draw before that. No, he was. He was. Um, he, 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 
how am I, how can I word this? I know what you're saying, but I, I but, but people do that. People decide what they want to decide about draw and that's true. And yeah. who drew and when they drew right and, about- and what hindsight and what I'm going to use. If, as long as it's convenient for your argument, I people right. will, I see the game oh. you're playing, Crage. No, I'm just saying. No, I, I understand. No, there's there's some of that. I agree. There you there you, you, there's no doubt. If we're gonna count semi-main events for for shows from 1970 or whatever, then I'm counting this semi-main event. I okay. I'm counting a guy who was a, a, a proven draw beforehand. I'm hey, picking up what you're laying down. I'm just saying, in general, I, I probably wouldn't say that he drew that or helped, you know, draw one of the top Tokyo Dome shows in a while. But well, I mean, clearly the Nakamura match was positioned. It was positioned as a drawing match. I'm not saying that, you know, it wasn't the third show. You know, it wasn't the 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 Noah versus, uh, you know, Suzuki gun third match on the mm-hmm. show. But it was positioned as the semi. I'm not saying that it was. A- no, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, I, just- I, but I see what you're doing now. I, I'm picking. I, I got you, Krejci. You know, I, I wasn't, I, you know, I, I, it went over my head at first, but I got you now. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, he's clearly in the mix now. I think, mean, you know, it, it, and clearly, you know, the, the, they've booked him to perfection. I mean, you, yeah. you can't, you couldn't have, you couldn't have rewritten the booking of Kota Ibushi any better than what Gato has done. I mean, the two losses to Nakamura were perfect. There's no, there was no reason for him to win that Wrestle Kingdom. There's people who tell me he should have won at Wrestle Kingdom. Are you nuts? Are you crazy? Losing to Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom almost got him over more than if he would have won the match. I believe it did get him. Well, we said that. It would have been so boring. If he won, then where's the, where's there to go? Then he's got to win the title the next time or else he's he's done. They, <laughs> he's they like, ascended that's it. Like, this guy to the top level without having to beat any of the big three. He still has all of those matches in front of him and a Styles win. He has wins over all four of those guys in front of him. He, he hasn't beaten any of them yet. I mean, that's just that's and 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 they managed. They've gotten him over to the same level as those other three without having to have beaten them. That's amazing. How is that not amazing to people? <laughs> that's a that's crazy. That's crazy talk. And and now he has a nemesis to overcome. And when he finally beats Nakamura, and he will, because that's what they're setting up here. When he finally beats Nakamura, it's going to be one hell of a moment. It's going to be fantastic. He's going to finally overcome this guy. And that's another thing. People got mad. Oh, why didn't he show the same?